Welcome to Firefox News Online, America's number one internet radio and internet video broadcast. The rules are very simple. No personal attacks, threats, or hate speech will be tolerated at any time. If you commit to these acts, you will be removed from the chat room. And if we're using a phone line, the same rules apply. Also, bear in mind that this is a roundtable discussion format, so please, no cross-talking during the broadcast. And finally, the views and opinions that will be expressed in this broadcast are that of the host and those who call in and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of anyone else or this broadcasting service. The use of media materials is protected by the Fair Use Clause of the U.S. Copyright Act of 1976, which allows for the rebroadcast of copyrighted materials for the purposes of commentary, criticism, and education. Firefox News Online Productions and its news division adhere to the criteria of the Fair Use Clause 100% across the board. And now, on with tonight's broadcast. of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And now, America, it is time for Talking Points. The views and opinions expressed in Talking Points are that of the host and the host alone, and do not reflect the views and opinions of anyone else for this broadcasting service. Good evening and welcome to Firefox News Online, the number one news, information, and topic discussion broadcast on Internet, video, and radio globally. Everyone else can make that claim, but we're the only one that can make that claim in because we don't play songs for a half an hour to an hour in the beginning of our broadcast. What you just heard, that's all. <laughs> we're patriotic people. Try to become one. Anyway, it's time for talking points. I gotta have I have to put that out there. It's kind of a simple disclaimer, you know. Uh, 
if ever there was a time for this country to come together, if ever was, there was a time for this nation to stand together, it's now. We have an obligation, America, to do the right thing, to do what's necessary, and to do what we know is right and just, and that's to stand together as a nation, to stand together as one. There are many, many reasons given to not do that. There are people who are xenophobic. There are people who are homophobic. There are people who are whatever-phobic. There are people who are racist. There are people who are just plain stupid and don't know any better. There are people in this country who know full well the implications of what happens when you turn your back on your nation and you don't even know you're doing it. How many times have we seen our nation challenged? How many times have we seen America challenged? I know I've seen this country challenged in ways that I don't even want to have to bring up because it's history. And we know how the left just loves to revise history. They do. They love to revise history and put all of us in that position of having to correct the revisionist history buffs whenever uh, humanly possible. I love doing that, don't you? I mean, I know it gets a little tedious. It can get a little ridiculous. But I also know that when we stand together and remind people gently, carefully, factually based, revisionist history goes out the window with the bathwater. And there are a small handful of people who actually listen. They actually listen because they know that what our kids are being taught in school is not the same as we were taught. American history taught in schools today is a joke. That's right. American history today is not even very thick at all. To give you a good idea of just 
what I'm talking about. I have a book. Uh, bear with me a second. I gotta. I'm getting. Pre- I'm prepping to to move soon, so I'm a little disorganized, <clears throat> and I've got stuff strewn everywhere. Stuff I'm going through. Stuff I'm throwing out. I, you know. You know how it goes when you're trying to move out of one place and get ready to move into another? (sighs) Now, for those of you watching by video, I have a book here. It's fairly thick. Picture a soft cover phone book from way back in the day that's twice as thick as this. Okay? This, I would say, is... Well, hold on a second. Break out my trusty measuring tape here. All right. I'm not sure how thick this book actually is. Okay. It's about two inches thick. The big, thick phone books from my youth, from back in the 70s, were about 12, less than 12 inches thick, about 10 inches thick to be to be. Rough estimating. That's also how thick, or close to how thick, history books used to be. They were about, I'd say, five inches thick. Today, they're about maybe, if you're lucky, two inches thick. A lot of history removed. Now let's fast forward to the current situation. Hold it. <laughs> Sorry about that. I had to step away from, as you saw in the video, to uh, do something. We're doing these talking points live tonight. So, fast forwarding to tonight, to current events. If If, let's say, for the sake of discussion, today's current situation, today's current climate, as it were, with COVID-19, coronavirus, call it either one, there are, there's a problem with the blame game. And it's revisionist history starting. This is how revisionist history begins. The left refuses to acknowledge that China is the culprit behind 
coronavirus. They refuse to acknowledge that China is the dirty, slimy, sneaky, underhanded sons of bitches behind COVID-19 slash coronavirus slash the current pandemic. Now, if I were sitting in President Trump's shoes right now, and it's not easy, but what I would do, real quick, I'd turn around and tell China, hey, China, guess what? You know what? Nice negotiations we've been going through for trade before this coronavirus crap that you people let get away from you and what y'all just simply let escape your labs or wherever it came from. Well, until you own up to the truth, tell us the real numbers, infected, dead, recovering, so forth. We will continue to impose a quarantine on all goods and, on all goods coming from China. There will be an indefinite travel ban until you do. And I do not care if the Democrats like it or not. I don't care if there are Republicans who like it or not. This country has to be protected. You let it get away from you? You refuse to tell the truth? Well, there's an old saying, honesty is the best policy. But China, guess what? You ain't been honest. In fact, not only have you not been honest, you've been so damn dishonest pouring out of your your out of every pore in your body. It's Exuberated, it, it, it is literally gushing out of every pore. It is overflowing. It's coming out of every orifice. In other words, you're lying so badly that about this coronavirus slash COVID nineteen, whatever you want to call it, as to the true numbers of infected, dead, recovered so forth. Honestly, you're sitting there acting like you are telling us the truth. But you're not. So I'll tell you what, China. Like I said, an indefinite travel ban will be in place until you do. And all trade to and from China stopped cold. Now, granted, that means that America is going to have to step up to the plate. <clears throat> They're going to have to, we're going to have to step up to the plate and start manufacturing all goods and stuff right here at home. And that's not really a bad idea. Because for far too long, we haven't manufactured really made in America stuff. And I think now's a good time to start, don't you, China? 
Ah, that's great. I'm glad you agree. Enjoy your isolation. Have a nice day. That would be my message to China if I were in Trump's shoes. Now, my message to Pelosi, Schumer, and all the other fuckheads in the Democratic Party in the Congress and Senate, sit down, boys and girls. Sit down. Behave. Shh. <clears throat> uh, you might learn something. I'm doing whatever I have to to protect this country and the American people. And I will not tolerate stupid. I've had enough. Now, if you're willing to work with me, then y'all work with me. If y'all are not going to work with me, if you're going to fight me at every turn, if you're going to attack me at every turn, you're going to call me racist, xenophobic, and all this other crap, well, then... Maybe you ought to think about your re-election time. The American people will not forget. Revisionist history will make Trump out to be the bad guy as the Democrats are continually blaming him for coronavirus. They're saying it's his fault because he didn't act swiftly enough. And yet he did. And then there's that. Hashtag FFNOP. Hashtag FFNOP. Trend the broadcast globally. As always on social media right now. And with that having been said, it is now time as always for the rest of the story. 347-945-5747. Yeah. That's the number to call. Lines are open. I've seen it before, and it is unbelievable. Revisionist history, as I said in my talking points, it does happen. It's a damn shame when you have to deal with it. But we as a nation, we as a people, now, President Trump today cut World Health Organization funding over the coronavirus response. He said he will authorize governors to reopen states as needed. Seems kind of odd. That Lawmakers are going to push back against President Trump. But they're going to introduce a resolution saying president's authority is not total. 
So in other words, they're going to try tying the president's hands again. Here we go, folks. Adam Shit for Brains Schiff is, he's going to sit there and he's going to start another round of investigations into President Trump. And now lawmakers want to push back against President Trump by introducing a resolution that says the president's authority is not total. Hmm. Wow. Here we go. On fucking real. The left and its bullshit is at it again. Don't they ever learn? Kind of reminds me of that song. When will they ever learn? When will they ever learn? Or something to that effect. Ah, the Democrats, they'll never learn. They don't want to learn. They don't care. They don't give a shit. They don't shiv a git. They don't give a shift. But here's something that I find rather curious. I find it also very disturbing. The left, at least in the House of Representatives, has control over there. Now, if by some insane and purely stupid move on Congress and the upper and the, cha- and the upper chamber, the Senate. If they I'm gonna put this if they Hmm. I lost my train of thought. Well, that's that's even worse. Hmm. All right. If the lawmakers think that they can tie the hands, I found the train, caught it at the next station. <laughs> if they if they really think for one minute that they are going to tie the hands of this president. They got another thing coming. They've tried this trick before. Everything they've tried has backfired. Gunslinger's on the line with me. Gun, answer me a question. How does how is it that the left is so deluded, so polluted with lack of brain matter that they think that they can Put out a resolution that ties the hands of a sitting president in such a way that it 
can also hurt the American people. And I asked that question because apparently they have not learned from the mistakes of the past, recent past. Go ahead. Well, they're ne- they're never going to learn. That's that's a that's a given. Okay, that's like gravity. Okay, you're never going to get away from gravity. You're never going to get away from these dumb fucks that can't learn, at least from their mistakes, and then keep making the same mistake. Okay, it's like you know beating your head up against a, a concrete wall. Eventually, you're going to get a headache. So your best remedy for that is not to beat your fucking head up against that concrete wall. That's the smart thing to do. Obviously, these people, <laughs> a box of rocks, would be smarter than these people. Okay? Uh, to do that and to continue with it, just continue and continue. continue. I mean, it's like, I don't know what the, what the hell do you call it. We're going to have to start inventing new words around here now. Okay? To describe the idiots, the stupidity, the moronic I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, I'm running out of words. I really am. To describe these people, I've never seen such insanity. It's, it, it's continuing, and it's continuing, and it's continuing. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's just, hey, I, I, you know, uh, I just at the end of my words there. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, so because, like, I know what you mean because. I, I, I'm sitting here grasping at straws, trying to find the words to describe these stupid motherfuckers known as Democrats, you know? And, 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 and you know, something. Tucker Carlson tonight, okay, the man, I got to give him credit. The man's got, the man, the man's got balls. He's got balls the size of grapefruits, man. He points out that there are some lawmakers who are trying to exploit the coronavirus pandemic. Yeah. Take a listen to this. You will not believe your ears. For many Americans, the coronavirus shutdowns, whether you believe they're necessary or not, either way have amounted to a life-changing catastrophe. Millions of people have lost their jobs. Families across the country are suffering from debt and from uncertainty. Many of them will likely come apart under the strain. So in the name of protecting the public from a deadly virus, we have wound up destroying a huge number of people. Regardless of your political position, you can acknowledge it's one of the saddest things to happen to this country in a very long time. And yet some in our political class don't seem sad at all. For them, this is not a human tragedy. It's an opportunity. Now, as a rule, it's the most mediocre people who are trying the hardest to exploit this moment. Here's case one. In the long history of the Commonwealth of Virginia, it's likely that no politician has ever amassed a record more embarrassing or less impressive than the current governor of that state, Klan Robes Blackface. As the Easter weekend approached, Governor Klan Robes announced he'd be signing a tall stack of highly radical partisan legislation, mostly because he could. As we deal with the pandemic, my administration has also worked to deal with the 1,291 bills passed by the General Assembly. Today, we announced that I have signed landmark gun safety legislation, as well as the Women's Reproductive Health Protection Act, 
by tomorrow night, I will have acted on all the legislation before me. More than 1,200 bills, gun control, a sop to the abortion industry, ripping down historic monuments. It was like an entire rundown from an MSNBC weekend show, all signed into law. There is nothing the interest groups that control Governor Klanrobes didn't get in this. They got it all. But there's at least one bill in that stack that ought to worry you, even if you're lucky enough not to live in Virginia, his so-called election reforms. With his signature, Klan robes eliminated all of Virginia's voter ID laws. He signed legislation that allows residents to vote up to 45 days before an election for any reason. There's also automatic voter registration for anyone using the state's DMV, including those who do it online. Now, those are big changes, unprecedented changes, but Governor Klanrobes is not the only one who's pushing them. So-called election reform is a coordinated effort, and that should not surprise you. The party that won't let you think for yourself always acts as one. Former First Lady Michelle Obama is using this crisis to promote the radical expansion of nationwide voting by mail. Citizens could request ballots online and then print them at home. Now, no serious person at the national level has ever suggested doing that before because, of course, it would instantly destroy the public's faith in election outcomes and hence our democracy. But if there was ever a time to sneak something this disruptive past a beleaguered and distracted population, this is it. The justification for all this? Take a guess. Yes, racism. Without voter suppression, Stacey Abrams would be the governor of Georgia. We need to be vigilant against other efforts to suppress votes, like voter ID laws, which are every bit as racist as the racist gerrymandering. When racially motivated voter suppression is permitted, when districts are drawn so that politicians get to choose their vote, we cannot truly say that we live in a democracy. It was the voter suppression, particularly of African-American communities, that prevented us from having a Governor Stacey Abrams right now. Yes. 24 states introduced or enacted at least 70 bills to curtail the right to vote. And guess what? Mostly directed at, quote, people of color. You see it. We got Jim Crow sneaking back in. No, I mean it. Jim Crow? Voter suppression? The right to vote in peril? What century is this? Well, if you guessed everything you just heard is a complete and utter provable lie, well, then you win tonight's Insight Award. Governor IDs are not racist. They're mandatory. You can't live here without one. If you don't have an ID, you can't drive, you can't fly, you can't open a bank account, can't apply for a mortgage, get welfare, buy alcohol or tobacco. You can't hold a legal job. Pretty much every person in America has a government ID. And in fact, in February 2019, a paper co-authored by professors at Harvard and the University of Bologna in Italy found that voter ID laws had no effect whatsoever on voter turnout for any subgroup they measured, whether it was by age or gender or party or, yes, by race. This is a complete and utter crock. And everyone who says it knows that. So why are they continuing to say it? Well, you know why. Because voter ID laws stop voter fraud. Democrats encourage voter fraud because it helps them win elections. And that's not a guess. In California, the Democrat-controlled legislature allows something called ballot harvesting. That's when political activists are allowed to pick up ballots and then turn them into the state by the hundreds and thousands. Why do they get to do this? Well, of course, you can guess what happens next. 
In Orange County, California, during the last election cycle, 62% of all ballots were absentee. A huge percentage of those ballots were late arrivals, meaning they got to the state after election day. A quarter million of them were supposedly cast by inactive voters. That means people who hadn't voted in the past four years. Some significant number of those were fraudulent. The Institute for Fair Elections found at least 20 voters whose registered address was a local dog park. 71 are registered to a Starbucks. Under California law, and this is by design, there is virtually no way to distinguish a fraudulent vote from a real one. The result? When the smoke cleared from that election, Republicans had lost every congressional seat in Orange County, which, as you likely know, is a longtime GOP stronghold. People watching said, oh, the demographics have changed. No, the rules had changed. In other words, the plan worked perfectly. Now Democrats would like to see that system come to your state, to every state, and they're using the coronavirus pandemic to justify it. IDs are racist. Expect to hear a lot more of that lie. And yet, weirdly, at the very same time, some of our leaders are considering requiring special papers, even blood tests, just to go outside. Can you imagine a time where Americans carry certificates of immunity? You know, um, that's possible. I mean, it's one of those things that we talk about uh, when we want to make sure that we know who the vulnerable people are and not. Uh, this is something that's being discussed. I think it might actually be have some merit under certain circumstances. This is such a sad, scary moment that you hate to think it's true, but it's hard not to conclude. Some people are using our fear for their own ends. And fake election reform is not the only way. Demagogues are leveraging this pandemic to put themselves in power to capture our institutions to erode our rights. In Michigan, the governor there, Gretchen Whitmer, speaking of mediocre, is auditioning to be Joe Biden's vice president by banning citizens from traveling to their own homes. Doesn't explain how that might help, does it anyway. In Kentucky, the governor sent goons to record the license plates of anybody attending an Easter service. Then in North Carolina, 100 people tried to gather in, rally, in Raleigh against the state's ongoing shutdown. Police arrived, dispersed the protest, arrested one woman. And just in case you're mistaking why they did that, they issued a statement that was very clear. Here it is, quote, protesting is a non-essential activity, end quote. That's not a quote from Orwell. That's an actual quote from the authorities in Raleigh, North Carolina. And they're wrong. This is America. We're allowed to disagree with what our leaders do however we like, and we're allowed to express that disagreement in public. That's our birthright. They'd like to leverage this crisis to take your birthright away. Don't let them. Aptly put, by the way. Gunslinger? What he just said toward the end of that clip speaks volumes. When Raleigh, North Carolina tells protesters that protesting is a non-essential activity, that's like reaching into the glass case where the Constitution of this, of this country resides, taking it out and sticking a lighter to it. But based on what you heard Tucker Carlson talk about, what do you think? I am shocked, to tell you the truth. 
uh, these people are getting out of control. If this stuff is not fixed and fixed fast, and the federal government is going to have to tell these people like that, uh, you can't do that. This is the United States of America, you little fucking dictator motherfucker. Okay? I, there's going to be trouble. Okay? Mark my word. My, my, my first name is Mark. Mark my word. Okay? You, you can't... Oh, that's not a non-essential... Are you... What? Can I see your papers, please? Where'd we heard, heard that at? Can't go out of your house without a blood test? Are you fucking kidding me? Now, they might be able to do that over there in Chinkland, okay? And I'm going to tell you exactly what it is. You want to call me racist? You just go right ahead and call me racist. I don't give a fuck, okay? They might be able to do that over there in Chinkland up in, up when you're in a dictatorship, okay? Because that's what they got over there. That's a pure dictatorship. Or basically even South Korea, North Korea, and all these little shithole countries, okay? But here in the United States, we got that little thing, just like you said, called the Constitution. You even try to put a flame next anywhere near that, people are going to be coming out behind the woods, woodwork, and behind the grasses, and they're going to be coming out out armed. Okay, there was a revolution in this country at one time. Hope to God it never happens again. But if they keep pushing the button, pushing it and pushing it and pushing it, well, it's like my old analogy says: when you take a wild animal and you cage them in, and there's only one way out. And you could line up ten rows of people, and if that animal sees, I'm going to go through that ten rows of people, and I don't give a damn who I tear up. That's what's boiling. The kettle is boiling now. Okay, <laughs> somebody had better take the lid off or cut the flame down, or you know what happens when you like you know in a in a cooking pot, you know little thing that your mama used to do. You know my mother had the same thing. You know put it on the stove, and I'd sit there and watch that thing go. You, so I'm sure you remember. Well, what happens if that little thing going stops and seals itself off? That's going to blow up like a hand grenade. Okay? And that's what's fixing to happen here. <laughs> wow. Uh, I mean, tell me. Do these. Tilt, 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 tilt. These people have the audacity and the, and the, and the gall to tell go around and say, well, you can't go to church. Even though these people were in their own car, nobody got outside with the windows rolled up. But yet, you can't do that. We're going to take your license plate number. Oh, welcome to the police state. Gee whiz, maybe you know who. AJ might have been right on that one with his police state series, okay? Uh, This is what you do. This is what they do in a dictatorship. Can I see your papers, please? Well, why don't I just take you and take you out there and put you on your hand on your knees there and, and put a bullet in the back of your head? Is that next? Go ahead. Well, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> they they would go the route of copying down the license plate numbers of every vehicle in a church parking lot. They they turned around and they 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 would mail fines to each and every one of the uh, of the operators of those vehicles. Um, what would they do if every single one of those those folks decided to contest that? 
in court. The uh, social distancing would be would be down the drain because the the courtroom would be packed with people. And here's another little tidbit with that: how how can any government official justify taking away a person's First Amendment right to freedom of religion? Hmm, that's something that I don't think anyone really thought about. If it's done, if if they're going to church, and they're sitting in the church parking lot, okay, in their cars, with the windows rolled up, they're not coming in contact with anyone. I would think that that would be considered an acceptable practice. And I, in, in, in this day and age, I would think that churches would be considered essential because the spiritual life of the American people, especially now, is more than necessary. I can sum that up in one word. You know what that one word is? Want to guess? Stupid? No. Evil. These people that are pushing this kind of crap, attacking religion, for example, okay, they're evil. What else are they? You know, there's good and there's evil in this world, okay? Always, always been, is now, and probably always will be, okay? And when you have people like that, or you have a governor like the governor of your state that is in favor of full-term abortions, that's evil. The draconian gun laws your state has, that's evil, okay? Did the founding fathers conjure up Think up that, think up that crazy-ass gun laws, those fucking gun laws that you just said they passed in, what was it, Illinois, I think. I won't ever go to Illinois. I don't think I've ever been there, and I don't think I really want to now, okay? Um, These people are evil. They're going directly against the fabric of this country, the very fabric that the founding fathers of this country set forth, okay? They're going directly against it okay when you do something like that well i'm gonna i'm gonna label i'm gonna label you as a fucking communist then i'm gonna label you as a fucking goddamn evil motherfucker okay and when you're a communist and you're going against this i'm gonna charge you with the crime of treason okay and you know what the penalty for the, for the punishment of treason is old people had a lot of it. it's called rope and uh, and that's still on the law. That's still on the books today. I didn't. I didn't put that law there. The founding fathers did. So if anybody's got a problem with that, go and try to discuss it with the founding fathers. Good luck on that one. Okay. I this wow. Maybe one of these days that that particular law will be enforced. It's not like it's not there. It is there, and it's a legal law. Go look it up. 
Okay? I think it's even in the Black's Law Dictionary, right? Never been changed, and they can't do it because the founding fathers set it up. There's some things that are set in concrete, okay? Oh, they may try. Yeah, sure. It's like your stupid gun laws in your state up there, George. Oh, they could, they could try all day long when you come up with these damn, you know, screwball laws and, like, spitballs, throw them on the wall and hoping, you know, one or two of them will stick. Same way in Louisiana. Obviously, not Louisiana, but Illinois. Obviously, all those spitballs stuck, didn't they? No telling what's in that in that in those laws. Honestly, I'm telling you, the more and more these idiots do that, and Illinois, I thought, was a pretty freedom-loving state at one time. Okay, obviously they're not, and it's probably not the people. When, when I when I'm saying states like that, I'm not referring to the the no the people that didn't know, like us, you know, Mike, you. Ron, me, you know, the other Mike, everybody that calls into the shows here, even on Crazy Nation Radio. Okay, we're in the know in our various states, okay? It's the people that are in so-called government, quote-unquote. Those are the ones, those are the rotten son of a bitches, okay? I'm sure there's a lot of good people in, in New York, okay, that's pro-gun, that you, Mike, you, I mean, you know, uh, the coalition that Mike's new are a part of, they're all good people, Okay. It's your fucked up government is what's the problem. Same way with California. I'm not just picking on New York. California, okay, same way. There's a lot of people out there that are good people that are probably pro-gun and pro-America, but those fuckers in charge. That's what you get when you put Democrats in charge. They fuck up every damn time. Duh, look around. Go ahead. I'll tell you what. The Washington Examiner came out with a story about a day ago, and it talks about how coronavirus crackdown could prompt multiple First Amendment lawsuits. Take a listen to this, Gunslinger. The person who wrote this article said, just when I started hoping we would get through the coronavirus crisis, without anyone legitimately having their First Amendment rights violated by the government, examples of such infringements started popping up around the country. To date, I've only counted a handful of instances, but there's already at least one lawsuit filed charging a local government with violating the free exercise rights of a local church and church pastor in Mississippi. Last week, several police officers stormed the site of Greenville's Temple Baptist Church where they were having a drive-in service and fined each person in attendance $500. Pastor Arthur Scott organized for his congregation to have a drive-in service that meant everyone stayed inside their cars with the windows rolled up while listening to the music and sermon through the radio. Just like the experience of a drive-in movie theater. The Alliance Defending Freedom filed a lawsuit last week representing Scott and Temple Baptist challenging Mayor Eric Simmons' executive order last Tuesday that banned such services. The governor's orders 
do not institute such a ban. The complaint alleges that the city's church closure order violates the free exercise clause of the First Amendment of the United States Constitution. Government is clearly overstepping its authority when it singles out churches for punishment, especially in a ridiculous fashion like this, Alliance Defending Freedom Senior Counsel Ryan Tucker said. In Greenville, you can be in your car at a drive-in restaurant, but you can't be in your car at a drive-in church service. That's not only nonsensical, it's unconstitutional too. Personally, I think drive-in services that attract 20 members of a congregation, as this one did, seem a bit silly when a churchgoer could stay home and still receive biblical encouragement from their pastor or a pastor online. If this pastor has no way of facilitating such service, However, that's not really the point when it comes to First Amendment violations. Because the governor did not ban drive-in services, and the city did not ban all drive-in services equally, broadly, across the board, this does seem to be an example of targeting a church and churchgoers. If the sonic drive-in is still operating down the road, a church drive-in should be allowed to just the same. Faith and the ability to practice one's belief is not only an essential aspect of coping, but it is protected by this nation's core principles. While there are a couple of similar situations in Kentucky and Kansas, I hope this is limited to a handful of local government officials getting their 15 seconds of authoritarianism out of their system. It's not only unconstitutional, but such abuses of power are an unnecessary source of stress and anxiety for religious people just trying to get through the coronavirus crisis like everyone else. You know, sitting here reading this gunslinger, my stomach is doing somersaults at the sheer lunacy that a mayor would have the police going car to car to issue a ticket amounting to $500 for attending a drive-in church service, people sitting in their cars with the windows rolled up. What kind of risk are they presenting to the public if they're in their own vehicles? I don't think it's a risk to anyone at all. So to Mayor Eric uh, let me make sure I give the name correctly. Eric Simmons, the mayor in Greenville, Mississippi. Mayor, you're a fucking idiot. You're an asshole. Our Constitution affords us the protection 
under the First Amendment. And while, yes, there are non-essential places that one should not gather, here's something to consider. And I think this is something that our own president should look at as well. Go to these governors and say, look, we have grocery stores, liquor stores, drive, you know, restaurants with drive-through windows that are all considered essential. Pharmacies with drive-through capability are considered essential. Why not include drive-in church services where you're sitting in your car with the windows rolled up? Consider those essential. Now, my faith is, is rooted in the spiritual, not the religious. And I will be damned if a church in my neighborhood decides to open up its parking lot and have a church service on a Sunday morning where everybody sits in their cars, tunes into the radio, and listens to the, to the sermon, and listens to church music, and still able to go to church in that fashion, you know what? I'd be very happy to sit in somebody's car and do just that. Because honest to God, there is no reason at all for any church service that does something like this to be considered non-essential. George Orwell's 1984 comes to mind with this kind of stuff, Gun. What do you think? Well, what's even what's even far worse than that? That's that's bad enough as it is, ain't no doubt about that. But remember what backs up the First Amendment. Little thing called a boom boom, a peacekeeper. Okay, that's what these that's what yeah, this thing on my amendment. side here. Yeah, the Second Amendment. Yeah, that's what this little thing on my side is called. It's called a peacekeeper, and it's called Second Amendment. It's called a gun. Okay. The the Second Amendment backs up the First Amendment. Okay, a lot of people don't realize that. They need to wise up because it does. When you have that church like that, that number one, they have no right to go on to that property. It's private property. Okay, that church belongs to the church. Private property. They have no freaking right. I would turn around and sue the sue the mayor for harassment. Uh Anything that I could make up stick, trespassing if I have to, because there was no there was no danger there. There was no nobody called them. Okay, uh, they they're going to have to retaliate by that first, and God forbid that it comes down to with the point of a gun. Okay, because remember it's backed up by the Second Amendment. That's why they're always wanting to take your gun away. Okay with all these crazy-ass gun laws. Because if they can get the, the guns away from the people, okay, well, what's for, what's, what's, there is no more First uh, First Amendment free speech, is there? Because there's nothing to back it, okay? 
just like the United States. We used to have the gold standard. Okay, there's nothing to back our money now. It's just paper fiat currency. That's all it is because there's nothing backing it. They were successful in that. If they are successful in taking the guns away, you ain't got no First First Amendment free speech. They go in there, they, they shoot you dead. They just laugh at you. Because, number one, you ain't got no more guns left. I'm telling you, that's the only thing that is keeping this country together, okay, is the gun issue, okay? Sometimes it's even more important than the First Amendment, the free speech, because that is what is separating the men from the boys, okay, the boys from the girls, okay, is the gun. Yeah, you can have all the free speech that you want, sure, but do you have anything to back it up? What are you going to do, throw rocks at them? <laughs> going to throw rubbers at them? No. When they have the guns and you don't, what good is the fucking free speech? You better keep your fucking mouth shut because they did that. Oh, shoot your ass. That's what they did in Nazi Germany. If Mike was here, hell, he'd, he'd confirm that. Okay, they'd take you out there and put a bullet in the back of your head. They don't give a fuck. But you have no free speech there. Because what did he do? The guns away. Ay, ay, ay. These, Illinois there, all these other places that are that are flaring up like that, that are trying to do this kind of shit. Ay, wow. Tick, tick, tick. The old time bomb ticking. Go ahead. Look. I may not be the sharpest knife in the drawer on on, on, on some things. And I never claimed to be the smartest guy in the in the room. And I don't sit here and profess to the top of my lungs that this is going to happen, that's going to happen, the other thing's going to happen when I don't know for sure what's going to happen. But I do know one thing that will happen with certainty. Unless something is done and done quickly, the people whose rights are being trampled upon, our rights, the American people are only going to put up with it for so long. And they're going to turn around and they're going to say to these governors who passed draconian idiot laws during a time of crisis... They're going to tell these motherfuckers either reverse it, you know, remove it, or you lose your job. It's going to come down to that kind of a start. What I fear could happen. I'm not saying it will, and I'm not going to sit here and and say it in such a way that people misunderstand and decide to go out and do something stupid. But I want politicians to understand the people of this country during the Revolutionary War fought for the freedom of this nation for its independence do you think for one minute however unlikely to some that the American people will not fight for their rights and freedoms 
and fight for their independence yet again. We will do whatever we have to, short of violent actions, to make a point. We will take a stand. We will not yield. Because, Gunslinger, I, I know I know you would probably. I, I, I'm guessing here, but I, I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to guess that you would agree with me when I say if. Governor Cuomo, for example, continues on, were to continue on a destructive path using the coronavirus pandemic to institute draconian, constitutionally, you know, unconstitutionally biased laws, almost made a draconian slip of the tongue there, How long do you think it would be before even his own base would turn against him? Eventually, it may come to that. Whether it's here in New York, whether it's in Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas, California, eventually the people are going to sit there and go, you know, this is we've had enough of this shit. It's either... You start working for us and stop working against us, or y'all are going to be on the outside looking in. Coronavirus be damned. They'll go out and they'll go out and mass. Oh, they'll practice social distancing to be sure, but they'll go out and mass. <coughs> make Here. no mistake. They will have their voices heard. Well, here is a very, 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 very short history lesson that back in the day at at the Revolutionary War, okay, why did we fight that? Why was the Revolutionary War fought, okay, between the colonies and British, Britain, okay? Uh, Because the Founding Fathers left England over there, okay, and they came over here to start a new life because they was getting away from that king, okay? They had a, the king over there. That was a ruthless, ruthless motherfucker over there during the day at that time, okay? And they said, fuck it, we're leaving, okay? We out of here, okay? So they got in the boats and the ships and the sailing ships, and they came over here and discovered this new world over here. Obviously, it's been here all the time, but it was new to them. And it didn't have the craziness of what that king was doing. Okay, so they set up camp. I did the same thing. I, if I was going to leave an area that you couldn't get rid of, uh, okay, hey guys, let's go. Let's we're out of here. Fuck them. Okay. And then they come over here. The founding fathers did in their groups and everything, and they set up shop over here, right? Okay. What? did the king do? They sent his henchmen over here. You think? Now, I'm sure the the colonists at the time tried to negotiate with them. Probably more than once. I'd give them more than once. Okay. Probably many, many times. Did they listen? No. Obviously, they didn't. What did the colonists finally had to do? 
draw that line in the sand. Said, you motherfucker, you cross this fucking line, and it's on. Guess what? It was on. Okay? And lucky for us, we won. Okay? But they did use trying to negotiate, which is great. I'd rather negotiate my way out of something than have to pull this gun that I wear on my side. Okay? That's the last resort. Okay? I know. I've been in almost shoot-no-shoot situations, even here. Scares the living shit out of you, okay? I mean, wow. When I have to pull this gun out to possibly take somebody else's life because they're stupid, okay, number one, okay, just like the British was. They were stupid. What's the, what's the difference? Okay. That's, that's the game changer. If they don't listen and you're trying to reason with them using logic, common sense, reason, logic, and common sense, and they still don't listen. What choice do you do? You either you either stand up and fight, or you can get shot on your knees. I mean, what choice do you got? That's what they gave. That's what the, he said. Well, you know, we'll either we'll either live or die, and we're, we're, we'll, we'll, let's go let's go hand in hand with the, with the guns. We're gonna see who's we're gonna see who's gonna come out the better on this. Thank God that the colonists did. Okay, and they defeated the British. Okay, it's the same. Scenario with the same thing, only it's just a different time. That was back then, and now we have the same thing. We have a form of British trying to attack us now with these idiots, like they're doing right now. Mm. You know, with the, the church and the guns and the and all this other crap on the craziness of the Corona nineteen virus. So they're taking that. They're taking that thing and they're making they're trying to make an opportunity out of it for them not for us for them okay so that's going to show you how dictatorship these people want to be can you imagine if if hitler was in there boy i think uh we'd be at war right now we'd be at war with some other country china north korea or there would be an internal war here, and it wouldn't be a war, a war of words. It would be a war of guns, okay? Because, like I said, that boiling pot, they're, they're trying to turn that heat up. And the more they turn the heat up, the hotter the fucking people's going to get until, just like you said well ago, enough is a fucking enough. We've had it. Stop it. And then... Remember what I've always said, one of my famous other quotes is, why did that, that, uh, that admiral, when they uh, invaded Pearl Harbor, why did, he was interviewed, I mean, in the, in, in the interview said, well, why didn't you just come on over to the mainland? You were just right there. And he said, because there'd be a gun behind every blade of, blade of grass. Let that soak in for a minute. There would be a gun behind every blade of grass. You know right? He's right. Go ahead. And he not only was he right, he was he was he was he was stating a fact. Because there would have there would have been somebody sitting behind every blade of grass, figuratively speaking, of course, they'd been they would have been behind trees, dug down in gullies, rocks, you know, bingo, you know, wherever they could take up a position where they wouldn't be seen. And it would have been boom, 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 boom. Guaranteed. 
Now, I see you're getting ready to hit the kitchen. So the second you get back, I've got a clip here. Seems uh, Senator John Kennedy was speaking on the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic, saying China has some explaining to do. Hmm. Could have sworn I said something about China and their not being forthcoming in my talking points tonight. Could it be that uh, a good senator and I are on the same page? <laughs> curiouser and curiouser, hey folks? I'll have that clip for you shortly. But I'll tell you what, while Gunslinger is away getting something to munch on, I've got an idea. I'm going to take a break. This will give me an opportunity to go put out a fire if you catch my drift. You know, uh, got a, how can I put this? I have to uh, flood the bathroom. I'll put it like that. (laughs) In the meantime, (laughs) we're going to take a break, and we'll be back shortly with more Firefox News Online right here on the multiple broadcasting platforms used by the Firefox News Online Internet Broadcasting Network. Anyway, back shortly. I am Vito Corleone. I am the Godfather. Inviting you to join my good friend, George Sinzer, for more news and topic discussion on Firefox News Online here on blogtalkradio.com. But rather than I tell you about it, George, you tell them about it. Thank you, Vito. Join me as we continue with more Firefox News Online on blogtalkradio.com in just a few moments. And you can join us live on the air at 347-945-5747. Or you can contact us via Skype. Hey, listen. The Godfather will tell you. We are the best in the business. On October 6, 2012 we managed to garner over 10,000 archive and live listens combined. Now, if that's not an accomplishment, I don't know what is. So, as I pass it back to the Godfather, be sure to join us, won't you? Vito? Thank you, George. Ladies and gentlemen, George just made you an offer you cannot refuse. We'll be right back in just a few moments.
Attention, parents of young children. The following is a partial list of things that are probably happening in your back seat that you are completely unaware of. A food item is probably being stuffed into a crack. A strange sticky substance is being spread everywhere. Deep, sustained nasal exploration. Someone is probably making faces. Hitting. Hitting back. The cleaning of muddy shoes. Farting! <laughs> Something is probably spilling. Gum is lodging in hair. And your kids are probably riding in car seats that are being used incorrectly. In fact, three out of four kids are not as safe as they should be. But the latch system is in most cars and makes it easier to get it right. Just attach the top tether and the lower anchors. The ones down near the old sandwich and the melted down crayons. Anchor, tether, latch. The next generation of child safety. A message from the U.S. Department of Transportation and the Ad Council. There I was in my business suit, all dressed up, just uptight as I could possibly be. And I don't remember much of what was said at that first AA meeting. It was more the feeling of the meeting itself. That's what has kept me going. I know it works, and I see the people ahead of me with more sobriety. I see how happy they are, and I want that. I want that too. And what I notice about AA is it sort of helps me to relax and learn to really be happy with my sobriety. It's a richer life to live. That's exactly what Alcoholics Anonymous does. It teaches us how to live without drinking. It teaches us how to have fun and really enjoy life without drinking. This program's given me the good life. The only good life I've ever known. Alcoholics Anonymous. It works. Look us up. Check your phone book, newspaper, or AA.org. Folks, the following public service announcement, you've heard it before, but now during the coronavirus pandemic, it is even more vital than ever that we do whatever humanly possible. Joining the New York Guard is something I encourage every man and woman in New York State to do. If you're 18 years of age or older, and you want to help, here's how you can get involved by joining the New York Guard and making a difference. Take a listen to this public service announcement and decide for yourself. Hi, I'm Sergeant George Senzer, honorably discharged veteran of the State Defense Force, the New York Guard. Now, I've got a few questions for you. First of all, are you at least 18 years of age or older? Second of all, are you in reasonably good health? But most important of all, are you a New York State resident looking to serve your country? If you are, then have I got a great idea for you. Join the New York Guard. The New York Guard is a State Defense Force operated and funded by the State of New York through the Division of Military and Naval Affairs. And the New York Guard has a long and illustrious history dating back as far as World War I. I served two tours of active duty with the New York Guard on September 11, 2001, the day of the most horrendous attack on our nation since Pearl Harbor. I was proud to serve with the New York Guard. I served with them for six years, and I made a difference. You can too. Make a difference. Join the New York Guard today. Go to www.dmna.ny.gov slash NYG. 
That's dmna.ny.gov slash nyg. Click on the link Enlistment Resources, download the recruitment package, fill out the application, send it back, and be sure to contact the recruiters letting them know that you have a desire to serve and that you've sent back the completed application. The New York Guard, New York State's Defense Force, protecting the residents of the state of New York and helping them through emergencies and times of natural disaster. Join the New York Guard today and make a difference. Okay, kids, gather around. I know we haven't discussed this in a while, but uh, who remembers where we're all going to meet in case of an emergency? Um, I do. Grand Central Station. Times Square. No, silly. Higher ground. Where's that? The mountains, son. But we live in the city. Hmm, right. Good point. What about supplies and all that other stuff? Ah, don't you even worry. Your mom has all those canned beets somewhere in the apartment. Oh, I just remembered. I also have canned cocktail onions. What about water? We have a few gallons stored in the basement. But we don't have a basement. He means the storage unit. Where's that? 32nd and 7th. Great. Sounds like we don't have a plan. What time's the game on? Winging it is not an emergency plan. Make sure your kids know what to do during an emergency. Who to call, where to meet, what to pack. Search ReadyKids at NYC.gov or call 311. A public service announcement brought to you by the New York City Office of Emergency Management and the Ad Council. It's important to plan ahead for emergencies, like the storm. When it kicked in, we had a plan. We were able to get in touch with each other in no time. no idea how to find each other. My husband kept the kids occupied. our son, but there was no reception. Everything was down. I felt, I felt like, like we handled down everything crying, very well. I had to try and stay calm. The, the whole experience, experience was, fine. was the most frightening ten hours of my life. It was, it was kind, kind of like, like a little family adventure. Every mother hopes will never happen to her. I remember, I remember the, the relief of being that I together. I realized he was out there all alone. If, if there's, there's one piece of advice I'd offer other moms, moms out there, there it's to stay it's calm and keep to the plan. Some parents plan ahead. Some don't. Make sure you know where to find your family in an emergency. Visit nyc.gov slash readyny or call 311. Brought to you by the New York City Office of Emergency Management and the Ad Council. Just now, another kid dropped out of school. There's one every 20 seconds. Over 200 kids an hour. That adds up to nearly 5,000 kids every school day. If we do nothing... 3.5 million kids won't receive a diploma over the next four years. But there is someone who can change that. And that someone is you. United Way knows that kids who have a caring adult in their life are more likely to make it. So make a pledge. Tutor a child who needs help. Mentor a kid who needs someone on their side. Volunteer to read to children. Because the path to success or failure starts long before graduation day. And the difference between a graduate and a dropout could be you. Take the pledge to volunteer now at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Can you imagine a world without children? A world without their smiles or their laughter? A world where children don't play, or sing, or dream, 
or imagine. At St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, they can't imagine a world without children. That's why they're working every day to find cures for diseases that strike down children everywhere. Diseases like cancer, pediatric AIDS, and sickle cell. And they won't stop until every child is cured and every disease is defeated. Because they can't imagine a world without children. Can you? Finding Cures. Saving Children. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. To learn more about what you can do to help, log on to their website, stjude.org. Hi, this is Alvin of Alvin and the Chipmunks, and you're listening to Firefox News Online on blogtalkradio.com. Take it away, George. Are you ready? Are you ready? For the thousands in attendance and the millions around the world, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to rumble! You're listening to the most powerful radio broadcast anywhere. Firefox News Online. The FFNOP Radio Network. 347-945-5747. We're back. Lines are open. Broadcasting from New York, the Empire State, you're listening to Firefox News Online. And yes, we are here. We're back. We're live, large and in charge. On the world's number one internet radio and internet video news information and topic station. Over 12 years on Blog Talk Radio. Longer than any show on blog talk radio really and only a little while on the other platforms while the break was going on I took the liberty of taking a look at some of the video stats and the video stats are staggering people are watching people are paying attention I've got numbers that are are actually shocking the living shit right out of me A lot of them are archives, but I can live with that. Now, if you want to, if you want to be a part of keeping this show on the broadcast, this broadcast on the air, there's a way to do that. And what you can do is you can go to PayPal.me slash Firefox News Online. That's paypal.me slash Firefox News Online. All proceeds, all monies received are not 
I repeat, are not tax deductible, and they will help to keep Firefox News Online going. If you like what we do here, now's a golden opportunity to be a part of it. You know, kind of give a little something to help a little something that kind of... Now, why did that happen? Great. For some stupid reason, my browser is messing up. I have to close the browser for a minute. Uh, you... My browser, for some oddball reason, decided to go before I could finish what I was saying. That was not fair. Uh, and now, of course, I gotta wait for it to load again. So that's one way of doing it. Okay. I'm about to show you another way to help, too. And you get a little something to go with it. Yeah. I'll tell you what, folks. If you go to cafepress.com slash the F-F-N-O-E store, that's cafepress.com slash the F-F-N-O-E store, you'll find all kinds of really great stuff there. Coffee mugs, messenger bags, tote bags. Well, we even got a little teddy bear with a T-shirt and bow tie and the Firefox News Online logo right there on the shirt. We've got T-shirts, hoodies, hats. We even got a neoprene lunch box, lunch bag for you to tote around in. Hey, all you mothers out there. Why not put a Firefox News Online baby bib around your baby's little little tiny uh, neck there, and uh, this way it can catch all the droppings. Yeah, I know it gets all over the the logo, but that's okay. It, it's there to, to keep your baby clean while eating it while they're eating their strange spinach. So if you want to help out Firefox News Online stay on the air, you can do it two ways. PayPal.me slash Firefox News Online, or you can go to CafePress.com slash the FFNOE store. The Cafe Press store is the official e store of Firefox News Online. All proceeds from the sale of the merchandise on the Cafe Press site go right back into the broadcast. I don't take a dime of the money. I don't get paid here. That's right. I don't get paid. I don't draw a salary. Hey. I love what I do. You know why? Because it's that damn important that you get the best information possible. Excuse you, sir. He's right. We heard that, there, buddy. (laughs) So check out Cafe Press. This is live broadcasting, folks. This is what ha- anything anything can happen on live broadcast. That was a live burp from Texas, so there you go. Hey, and they say everything is bigger in Texas. 
That was a big one. Trust me. That was a big one. <laughs> so, cafepress.com slash the FFNO e-store or uh, direct donations that are not tax deductible by going to paypal.me slash firefox news online. And, of course, joining me on the broadcast tonight from the Lone Star State, the place where they have the Alamo. You know, if I ever get if I ever get a chance, an opportunity to go to Texas, I really think everybody keeps saying to me, George, you got to check out the Alamo. It's it's one it's one of the the most incredible uh, historical landmarks in our country. Um, you, you just you, you, seeing pictures of it. Pictures don't do it justice, right? And these are folks that have actually seen the Alamo up close and personal. So if, by the grace of God, I ever have the opportunity to travel to Texas and uh, and so on, that, that's one of the places I would, like to, I would like to go and see for myself, you know. Uh, and, then, and then maybe, just maybe, you never know. Might just call up Gunslinger and go, "Hey, Gun, you got a New Yorker coming your way? Can you guess who it is?" He'll <laughs> probably hatches. shoot me before Bat I get halfway up the driveway. Batting down the hatches. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, it could be worse, right? See, that's the thing. Gunslinger knows that you know that we'll we'll have a lot we'll have some fun on this show, but the, the whole the whole point is, you know, there's there's going to come a day, hopefully one day down the road soon, where I'll be able to have the opportunity to take a trip, and uh, you know I would like to at least meet one of my listeners face to face. You know, Gunslinger's been a loyal listener to this broadcast. Practically from the from the beginning, I think what maybe a year, a year shy, of, a year short of. Uh, I was already on a year, I think, when you arrived on the scene, or less than a year. Was it very long? Arrived on the scene. No, it wasn't that long at all. And um, I, I know Gunslinger had gone had been to other shows, and then he came across mine, and it's like. Hey, I like this. I think I'll stick around a while. And uh you know, Gunslinger and I we've had our we've had our moments, no doubt about that. Gunslinger will attest to that. We've we've had some good arguments on this show. <laughs> but we've always come out on top as friends. Now, that's one thing I can say for Gunslinger and I. We've been friends all these years and you know, friends do do battle. Verbally. Just like I've always said, I don't. I'll, I'll tell you how to tell his cabbage. Okay, I don't care who you are. That's just me. I mean, yeah, that's just on the radio. Imagine if we face to face here. I tell you, you know, hey, that's gunslinger. Well, I don't. I don't throw punches. I mean, I, I throw bullets. I shoot bullets, but I don't throw punches. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's like, hey, you show up here in Texas. I'll tell you what we're going. What's going to happen? 
We may throw we may throw barbs on on the radio waves, you know, back and forth. But watch out, brother. I'll I, I'll load up. I'll I'll put a load of thirty odd six bucks in your in your backside if you ain't careful. Probably load up a shotgun shell full of rock salt and go. Hey, George, got something for you. And it's salty too. <laughs> That's something. But um, you know. That that's that's the one thing about doing this broadcast all these years, you know, I, I've 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 come to realize two things in my in, in in my long career. One, never underestimate the way politicians act and behave, and always count on a really good discussion with the people that that call into your show faithfully. Why? Because they're the ones that are going to – we may share the same opinion, but sometimes it's good to hear what, what other people have to say regarding certain topics. They may not always agree. You know, there are times when Gunslinger and I don't always agree, you know, and we can agree to disagree. But that's the whole point of this show, you know, to get the information out to you. Have a nice, healthy debate. And at the end of the day, if we agree, great. If we don't agree, that's great too. You know, that's what makes this country, you know, the best, the best on the planet. Because we can agree to disagree, and keep it civil, or try to anyway. Uh, pardon me. Kitchen. Yes. <laughs> well, hey, listen. You know what I? You know how, how I always say my full initials get me in trouble. Believe me, they get me in trouble. This microphone that I'm using, I was using Skype today to talk to a friend of mine. I called him up, and I'll I'll tell you this, and then I'll get right to the Senator Kennedy clip. I'm sitting here. All of a sudden, I, 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 I broke wind so loud and so forceful that he goes, Jesus, George, do you have to send one of your farts over to me by phone? I said, hey, it's like my mother used to say, sharing is caring. And he's like, you're a nut. I said, no kidding. Well, all right. Now, Senator John Kennedy was talking about the origins of the coronavirus pandemic or COVID-19 pandemic and how China has some explaining to do. Now, for those of you who are here with, with with me for in the beginning of the broadcast when I did my talking points, let me tell you something. I've said this, I think, Gunslinger, you've said it too. China has to own up to the fact that they're responsible. You know, they have to. They don't, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. There's no getting around the fact. They're ground zero for where the coronavirus came from. But let's take a listen to what Senator uh, Kennedy had to say about this.
Teresa stops buffering and plays. Come on. The WHO failed to investigate credible reports from sources in Wuhan that conflicted directly with the Chinese government's official accounts. There was credible information to suspect human-to-human transmission in December 2019, which should have spurred the WHO to investigate and investigate immediately. President Trump saying that the World Health Organization dropped the ball by not investigating what was happening inside China at the outset of this pandemic, going there and getting on the ground and taking a look and finding out what was going on. But there are reports tonight that the federal government may have also missed some warning signs. The Washington Post reporting that two... Uh-oh. I don't know what happened, but the clip went belly up. Let's try and get that back. Bear with me, folks. It's the Internet. All right, we'll start it over again here. The WHO failed to investigate credible reports from sources in Wuhan that conflicted directly with the Chinese government's official accounts. There was credible information to suspect human-to-human transmission in December 2019, which should have spurred the WHO to investigate and investigate immediately. President Trump saying that the World Health Organization dropped the ball by not investigating what was happening inside China at the outset of this pandemic, going there and getting on the ground and taking a look and finding out what was going on. But there are reports tonight that the federal government may have also missed some warning signs. The Washington Post reporting that two years Before this outbreak, U.S. diplomats raised concerns about safety issues at a lab in China in Wuhan, warning, quote, the labs work on bat coronaviruses and their potential human transmission represents a risk of a new SARS-like pandemic, they wrote a couple of years ago, according to this Washington Post story. The State Department is not commenting on the existence of these diplomatic cables, And top U.S. military officials tell Fox News that they find evidence of the virus's origins to be inconclusive. But several Republican senators are launching an investigation into just that. Joining me now is Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana. Senator, always good to have you with us. Thank you for being here tonight. Um, You know, these cables that were reported in the Washington Post, uh, I don't know what, you know, I mean, you certainly can't roll back the clock a couple of years, but it does raise a lot of questions about what was going on in those labs and what is going on in those labs and China's lack of transparency in sharing it with us. It also said that the new lab had a serious shortage of appropriately trained technicians and investigators needed to safely operate this high containment laboratory environment. What do you think about all that? Martha, we know that the uh, COVID-19 coronavirus came from a bat. We know that because of the genetic composition. We know it also uh, started in Wuhan, China. Now, the Chinese Communist Party said it started when a Chinese national ate bat flesh that he bought from a meat market in China, in Wuhan. This is one problem. The meat market didn't sell bats. uh, And there's no evidence that the uh, first victim was ever even close to the meat, to the, uh, to the wet market, as they call it. 
Today we have found out that there is speculation, I want to emphasize speculation, that the uh, COVID-19 coronavirus that has, an infected, has infected the world accidentally escaped from a biomedical research lab in Wuhan, China. Now, we don't know if that's true, um, but the, the absence of, of uh, evidence is not necessarily the evidence of absence. Mm-hmm. Uh, American scientists yeah. visited this biomedical research lab where they were studying bat coronaviruses and their transmission to humans. And they came back and sent a cable two years ago to the State Department saying this is an accident waiting to happen. If this virus gets out, we're going to have a world pandemic. Uh, China has some explaining to do. Now, I have dealt with the senior political leadership in China. The people of China are good people, and I believe that. But uh, the political leadership has a very casual relationship with the truth. They don't share Western values. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they will steal the hair off your head. And uh, in this case, they refuse to uh, let anybody talk about the origins of the virus. No. They won't let any yeah. any scientists in China publish anything about the virus without permission of the Communist mm-hmm. Party. They have refused to share the genetic material uh, from the virus and the original victim with us. The doctors and the reporters who originally reported on the original victims there have suddenly disappeared. Nobody can find yeah. them. Now, this is, this is not going to uh, just be we, the United States asking these questions. This is going to be the whole world. No. Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. I just want to put up, these are the other epidemics that have been traced to China. We had the Asian flu in 1957, the Hong Kong flu in 1968, 2003, the SARS epidemic, 1997, bird flu outbreak, and now COVID-19.
Kennedy raising a lot of questions, making a lot of good points, I might add, uh, in that. Now, of course, um, there are some folks that have also raised that question that are not even part of the... uh, You know, part of the, the government, private citizens, you, people like you and I. Um, it's crazy. Now, uh, I know. No way you had trouble uh, last. Uh, you had a little. You got disconnected uh, the other night. Uh, so I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do something for those who have difficulty that are on my Skype list uh, calling in sometimes on the phone line. I'll try and bring them on uh, via Skype. But for the most part, I try to get people to call in on the call number. So this way, uh, you know, I don't overload the Skype system and end up getting disconnected myself. But in no way's case, you know, it's his is a situation where he got cut off uh, only because one thing led to another. And, well, let's just say when he dropped in, the mid, in, in mid-sentence, I was like, oops. So I was, I was lucky to and fortunate enough to uh, be able to bring him on. Just one tiny thing, no way. Turn your Skype on. It'll help immensely, trust me. I'm kind of like this. My studio isn't open. I don't have my switchboard open. Mm-mm-mm. Now that's not fair. Uh, okay. Look, thank you. My God. It's going to be one of those nights with the switchboard, is it? Dirty name. All right. I will now. It's the impossible. The incredible. The, well, we're going to try. We're going to try to do this. I do believe I got him on the line. Yeah, I got to uh, mute your periscope. There we go. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, sometimes it, it it does help to uh, kind of do that stuff. Um, yeah, the, the way I have everything set up here. I, I'm like you, but, you know, I, I try to run things through like three different screens. 
I have stuff all over the place. Yeah, kind of like buffalo chips. You <laughs> everywhere. Well, up here they're moose chips. Oh well. I'm, I'm, <laughs> but no, that that clip was good there with with uh, with Kennedy. It um, people need to understand that. I think to to break it down simply is America is the only country that over the years up until Trump that put every other country in the world first and America, who gives a shit? Mm. And now what, what I'm looking at now is like I was talking with a wife when you had first come on before she went to bed and stuff. And with everything that is going on with the way Trump is going after uh, the world hysterical organization and it, it's all part of China. And he's basically telling China, go pound sand and we'll show you what beach to use. We need to get the manufacturing back here. and We need to get it back here now. You know, 80% or so of our medications all come out of China. Um, and, and it's just stuff that needs to be done. And it's long overdue. And it, it is. When you see that, you know, China's never, ever, ever going to admit anything that they've done. They're going to lie. They're going to fabricate facts. You know, when, when you look at the statistics coming out of the funeral homes, they're putting out, they're only giving 500 yearns with the ashes to the loved ones a day. That went on for 14 days. So, you know, you do the math. There's 50 to 60,000 people dead in just Wuhan alone. Now, we know from the way China is, when you take 1.3 billion people in China, for China to sacrifice, openly sacrifice 10, 15 million people, they couldn't care less. And the world will never know. That's the sad part. The world will never know. And they're not going to tell the truth. And, you know, as far as the Democrats go, psh, let them go down there on the beach with China and pound sand. It, it's time just to, to put them in their place. I, enough is enough. You know, the way they're attacking churches, the way they're, they're, they're actually backing our enemy, and they're, they're actually doing harm to the American people. And it is sad that so many sit there and, and they love CNN and MSNBC and ABC, CBS. They won't listen to anybody else. They, they hate us so bad because we are backing Trump. That Tell me about it. It, it. It's pathetic. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at Texas out there now, like where, where Gunslinger is. And, I mean, I, I feel bad for all my friends there from BTR and Spreaker and stuff that I've always talked with out there, Smokey and Golf Dogs and all them. And, you know, I, I apologize to them all the time. I couldn't stop my sister from becoming a transient in a friggin' camper trailer, and she's camping out in Austin. Because, you know, it, it's the liberal capital of uh, of Texas. And so she loves it. 
she's out there and she's living it up. But that's that's what's happening to our country. It's just I I don't get it. I I just don't. You know, people don't understand that when they they look down and they buy that product that says made in China. What they don't see is that that product was made by child labor Mm -hmm. and, and slave labor. These people have no life. They have no benefits, no nothing. They are in cesspool sweatshops, and this is what they do because the government mandates it. This is what you do, or here's your re-education camp for you. So which one do you want? And that's what people need to understand. It's just, I I don't know. It's, But as far as this goes, yeah, they they know that it came from that level four lab, but they're like anything else. If they don't have the document sitting right there in front of them that says, yes, look at this. It came from the level four bio lab. Then they're not going to say it. They're just not. And it's too bad because we're not stupid. You know, a bat didn't fly, you know, the virus, the bats would have had to go 900 kilometers from the, the type of bats that they are, are 900 kilometers away deep in caves. So those bats would have had to get the virus, then fly 900 kilometers and start pissing on the people. There, there's your virus. That's how you got it. But we know better than that because every, every government in the world is doing the same thing they do. It's bioweapons. You know, you've you got to think of ways to harm your, your enemy. Mm-hmm. And I think when Senator Kennedy raised that point, you know, a lot of people dismiss it out of hand because, like you said, you know, they'll listen to the, uh, to the, left, to the left-leaning propagandists, CNN and MSNBC, before they listen to anyone else. Exactly. They think they're getting lied to, and it's and it's just it's just to the point now where I think slowly, over time, people are starting to question because they're here. There's, they they stop at places like here, or you know, they listen to 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 broadcasts that put that information out there. Right. Willing to put that information out there, and and say with a clear voice, "Hey, this is what's happening. They're responsible, and they're not owning up to it." Time right. to get to put to to start explaining themselves. Because it, it, it happen? I doubt it. Well, and it's like Gunslinger said earlier. You know, social distancing, and. I had the wife rating stitches. I'll social distance. I'll promise not to put a bullet in anybody's head closer than six feet away. <laughs> I, I promise. I promise. But but it is. I mean, it. You know, like Gunslinger had mentioned earlier that the people are only going to take so much, and I'm already seeing it. I'm already seeing it here in Maine. The liberals themselves, because they're the ones that voted for this communist Nazi 
female governor. And now the totalitarian rules that she's putting out there, well, what do you mean? You can't do this. And I said, well, of course she can. You voted for her, dumbass. You wanted a communist totalitarian ruler, and there you go. You got one. And these these people, they just they don't know what to do anymore. They they don't they they're afraid. They they're afraid to stand up to the authority. Mm-hmm. And it, it's like this is ridiculous. Like like I told uh, the wife when when you were talking about uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Sure, the cops show up and everybody scatters, and they all go home and they all take to their Twitter and their Facebook and they complain like a bunch of little two-year-olds. They took away my favorite toy. It's like, now what if 20, 30 cops showed up to be the totalitarian Nazis that they want to be? Because that's just what it is. But they're met with three to 400 heavily armed patriots saying, this is it. We're not going to allow you to come in here and do this. This is America. This is not communist China. This is not Venezuela. We have the right to defend our rights as American citizens. And that's what I'm looking for. What's it going to take? We don't even have to. A show of force. We don't have to even fire a bullet. Because now look right in Virginia. You also played that and we're talking about that. Look at the totalitarianism that is coming out of there ballot harvesting uh, no more IDs massive gun control 1200 pages of communist dictatorship laws and he's all proud of himself as he signs them right into law they had a big show of force on the gun grab and everything else they were trying but where's the show of solidarity when it comes to this? This is what I don't get. You know, Gunslinger said it. When, when the king got too powerful over the colonials, we didn't negotiate with the red coat bastards. We shot them. And I, I don't want to be an advocate for it, but what else do we have at this point? If we do not show... The, a show of force that we are willing to defend our rights. We will not have them. I hate to say, we, we just won't have them anymore. We will lose them all. We need to show these government people that we're not going to take it. We're going to stand up in force, and we will defend our rights, just like they did Monday in Ohio when they... Uh, Two or three hundred. They were surrounded right around the state house, and they were all on megaphones, and they were all screaming, "Open up, open up, Ohio, open up, Ohio!" And this went on for hours. Tomorrow, there's going to be a big one rally hitting uh, hitting Michigan. But yet, in North Carolina, they bow down to the cops. And they wouldn't stand up to the authority. It just, it makes no sense to me. It doesn't. No. And 
it makes no sense to me as well because, you know, I mean, how if 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 we're supposed to be united, and, and, and this is the problem I'm seeing here, no way, and and and, and I, I, I shudder to even say it again, but. America is not as united in standing up for its rights as it should be. There there seems to be a disconnect in in this country that that for some reason you've got as soon as these draconian laws get signed in to law, and I'll use the SAFE Act here in New York as a prime example. Yeah, people speak up. People spoke out. They, they said, no, you, you can't do this. You can't put limits on, on, on the number of ammunition in a magazine. You can't do this. You can't, that, that's, that goes against the Constitution. The law was signed, that was signed into law in 2013. Here it is, now what, seven years later? On the books. There's 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 some folks speaking out about it, but it's like the entire state has just sat back and said, okay. You know, it's like little saying, cow cow step and fetch. Right, and and it is it is too bad because they'll use an incident like when I got off with you last night. Uh, there was a friend doing a live um, YouTube broadcast, and I was on there. Uh, they wanted me to come on there, so I was on there talking with them and talking with a guy in Australia and another younger kid that was over in uh, Chicago. And He was lost. He had no idea what the country used to be like. But now the guy in Australia... They're in on the other end of the spectrum. We have proven they are padding the deaths in favor of COVID-19 in America. In Australia, they are padding it in the opposite way. They are saying people are not dying from the virus. But he drove by a site where they got a big pit dug in the ground now, and now they're starting to line up the caskets. There's so many dead in a big mass grave. But you'll never hear it coming out of their government. And at the same time, they lost their gun rights. Home invasions went up 500%. Ouch. He, he says we're, we have no means at all to protect ourselves, and the criminals run the streets. And the cops don't even stop them. He says, now we're just setting ducks. We, we can't defend our... And the, peop- the left here, like in Maine, they demanded gun, gun confiscation and gun this, and they, they all want this massive gun control. And it's because what I heard after I got done with them, a lady heard a gunshot right about sunup. Her neighbor finally had enough went walking out into the field behind their house and shot himself. The cops went out there and found him laying there on the ground with a gun beside him. 
and now they want to use this for more gun control. But yet, just a week ago, the liberals were throwing a fit because they realize that this may be a time that they need to protect themselves. So they all run to buy guns. Then they see that all, the, all of these laws and stuff and background checks that they fought for all these years, half of them have so many criminal charges against them for all their stupidity, they can't even buy a gun. Now they're throwing a fit that they can't buy a gun to defend themselves when it was them that fought to have the gun control laws put in on the books. So it's just, I uh, I don't know, guys. I just, I just, I don't know. It's honestly laughable in a way because, you know, August of this year will mark, will mark two years being a gun owner. Okay. I own a 22 caliber uh, Charter Arms AR-7. Mm-hmm. And if you're familiar with that weapon, the stock, receiver, magazine, all store right inside the stock. Right. Okay. And I had <laughs> until until recently that's the way it was. Now that sucker, you can't see it because it's off it's off camera. But I keep it right here next to me. I keep my magazines right in front of me. Right. Why? Because I don't trust people to do stupid things. Home invasions, you know, people will take advantage of the, uh, the situation to break into shuttered businesses. They'll take advantage of attempting to break into someone's home. Assuming that that person doesn't have a weapon, they'll do it. Right. Now, I was on the phone with a friend of mine this afternoon. This guy's a retired cop. Someone actually tried breaking into his house. They got through the front door. But this guy, he's a licensed gun owner. He keeps a 9mm Glock on his belt, but a gunslinger keeps a 357 Magnum on his. And he turned around, and as soon as he heard the guy starting to pound on the door, he pulled his his weapon out of the holster, pointed it right at the front door, and when the guy came in, the only thing that guy had in his hand was a baseball bat. A (laughs) slugger. And he's sitting there looking at this guy with with, with, with a nine millimeter pointing right at his face, and he goes, My friend says to him, You know, I'm sure you heard the phrase, you don't bring a knife to a gunfight. What do you think you're going to do with a Louisville slugger? Try and hit a home run? <laughs> Get the fuck out of my house. I went running out of the house. He holds his weapon. He goes over to his door. Thankfully, the damage wasn't that bad. He was able to fix the door. And he fixes the door. He locks it up. Gets on the phone. Gives a a full description to his uh, buddies on the force uh, that he he worked with for all those years. They caught the guy two miles down the road with the Louis 
Bill Schwartz doing this damn. <laughs> and, and according to what my friend said, he goes, George, I never laughed so hard in my life. As soon as that guy saw saw the barrel of a gun pointing at him, and he's holding a Louisville slugger like he's going to hit a home home run. There was it was well, that, a, it was a no win. That, that's something like what they're doing here. What what they'll do is they'll, they'll come up. There'll be three or four of them. One comes up to the door, knocks on the door, and asks, can, can I use your phone? I need to call somebody. Our car broke down. And then if you let one in, the rest storm in. Mm-hmm. But like right here, I have two security cameras. The the back door going down into the basement has got a three two three-quarter inch bolts that go right across. They can't come in that door. But the both security cameras, one's at the front, one's on the side door. So the whole front yard, I can see the whole front yard and the whole side yard. And the other one, I'm right here in my office seeing the other yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the backyard, that's all fenced in. They'd have to go jump fences to get in here. But, yeah, when I when I see people, by the time they come to the door, it's already too late. I've already seen them. They're already coming around doing something that they're not supposed to do, and they're going to be met right at the door with a thirty two pistol, and I'll probably have the thirty thirty or something right there with me as well. So it's like you've already lost, dumbass. You weren't smart enough to see that that Gagston flag means what it says. You do not tread on me. That doesn't mean it's just there to look at. But this is this is where we are, you know. And you know, if they're looking for if they're looking for China to admit anything, well, they're a special kind of stupid. I think they they came into this world on the short bus, and they refused to get off. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> they came in on the short the short bus. They they came in on the wrong bus. Period. Right. Right. You know, I um, I have I have this uh, mindset, you know, no way where you want to play dumbass games, go right ahead. I've got no problem whatsoever showing you the business end of something, and I got no problem whatsoever letting you know you've got one of two choices: run. Or wear a toe tag. Right. They break into my house, that's the choice they get. Run or toe tag, which is it? Right. It's, so even what I tell you, I don't have to have I don't even have to have my glasses on my face to see these motherfuckers. <laughs> I will hit them multiple times. And if they're lucky enough to keep to get go to, to actually escape. May not get too far. Right, that's why I'd have the thirty thirty or the thirty odd six with me. The thirty odd six they they want to look out. They drink a glass of water and they'll they'll be leaking everywhere. <laughs> right. And that's why I like the thirty odd six, I mean it's sighted in at a hundred yards and I know how to compensate out there to three to four hundred yards and I don't think they can run that fast. I just don't. I don't think so either. 
Right. <laughs> I think they'll be looking. They'll look at the business end of, of, of that web, and they'll be like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yeah. Well, I I do. Uh, the and good thing is here in Maine, there's there's a there's a lot of them. A lot of people use them instead of the 180 grain uh, for the 30 odd six. We get the M1 grand ammo, the 150, so it's a lot more accurate. The smaller grain bullet. And of course, the ballistic tip helps it hold together. But that's that's main. I mean, you know, when when I'm out there and and you're hunting or something, you know, like a friend of mine back in the '70s, he he said it it never failed. They'd see these service guys that um, they're on vacation and they're going to go bear hunting. And they don't go out there with a gun. They go out there with like a little thirty thirty, thinking they're going to take down a thousand pound grizzly with a little thirty thirty. <laughs> right. They usually get they usually get found mauled. <laughs> and it you know, but like here in Maine, you know, I there's nothing I hate worse than wounding an animal and it's getting and it gets away. Because you know the thing's going to die. And if you lose it and you can't find the blood trail and it seems to get into a brook or something and you lose the thing, you know it's going to die. So I like to, when I hit it, it goes down. There's no ands, ifs, buts about it. The friggin' thing goes down. So, but... One of the, one of the, one of the, the ironies of... Uh, for any gun, especially first timers like me, is we come to the realization that being a gun owner is an immensely incredible responsibility that cannot be taken lightly. No, it can't be. Or even haphazard. I mean, if anyone buys a rifle thinking that they're powerful now, especially, I mean, I know my little my little twenty two caliber AR seven is not exactly a powerful weapon, but I do know how to use it. It may not be the, the best thing in the world to use, and I know that. And it's gonna hurt. It's gonna be painful. Oh yeah. Damn right it is. And you know, the thing is, hit them in the right spot, and well, they're. They may not. There's a fifty-fifty chance they may survive. You know, right? You blow a twenty-two, a twenty-two through the through a person's heart, and I don't think they'll survive. No, they ain't. That that's a guarantee. So, I mean, I'm not advocating violence in any way, shape, or form. And God knows, you know, I don't want to take a human life unless I absolutely have no other choice. But if I but if my if it's if it's a choice between me living or dying, I'll take living. Right, and that you know a lot of times when you know a lot of people will say stuff to me about oh well you're a Christian, I says yeah but the Bible is clear. I can't be the aggressor, but God gives me the right to defend myself and my family and those around me. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's why when you look at it, like with Israel, Israel is never the aggressor. 
never. But boy, I'll tell you, when they defend themselves, <laughs> they defend themselves. Oh, definitely. That's exactly what I do here. I carry this 357 Magnum with 124 grain jacket at all points. Okay. Six in the gun and with two speed loaders, six in each speed loader. I'm not going to be the aggressor. Okay. Now, you want to be the aggressor. Now, now we're going to have trouble. Okay. Now we're going to have trouble. Right. I got a 10 foot rule. You step within an inch of my 10 foot boundary being aggressive. Well, you're going to the morgue, son. I'm going home. That's plain and simple. And in Texas, we can do that. We got some of the greatest gun laws in in the entire United States, okay? Texas has them, okay? We got the Castle Doctrine. They don't have to be in your home. You can shoot them outside. Hell, if, you're, if your car is parked on the street and, so, and you look out your window at 2 o'clock in the morning and you see some pump trying to steal your radio out of it, you can use lethal force. And under Texas law, you're justified, okay? Uh, that right. stuff belongs to me. It doesn't belong to you. You go out there and get off your crackhead, dopehead, fucking lazy-ass son of a bitch and get a job like I had, okay? I worked for my shit. You just steal for your shit, son, okay? And that's exactly why, just like you said with the door earlier, if before all this shit happened, before I started locking the gate out here, somebody would knock on my door. I had the three fifty-seven in my right hand, open the door slowly, and that barrel is the first thing they see. Scared the shit out of them, two or three people. Right. Hey, <laughs> it's my right to do that. And I have my hand on right. that trigger, so I have to pull the hammer back. I just squeeze. And one round out of that baby will fucking blow you across that fucking fence over there. You know how powerful a 357 is? Well, they're called hand cannons. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, yeah. I do. And see, that, that's what sucks in Maine. We do have constitutional carry. <coughs> I, I could take my, my rifles or whatever. I could go right out here and walk right on down the street. Have my thirty two right on the holster, right on my side, right there. I can walk right down the street. doesn't matter. Not a damn thing they can do about it. But if somebody is breaking in, if I, I sit here and I look at my camera and I see somebody in there breaking into the wife's uh, CRV sitting out there, I can't shoot them. I can't threaten them with the gun or nothing. The only time I can use that deadly force, yep, serious, they have to be in the house. The law, the way it is here, I have to be a victim. Call the cops. And I told the cop one day, I said, I don't call the cops. I call the morgue. You can't do that. Stop me. And he saw that I was serious. I don't have these cameras for nothing. Somebody come messing around here. They may there may be a warning shot first, and if that doesn't work, well, I feel bad for their kneecaps because they won't have them left. Well, as the old saying goes, when I was in law enforcement, I took the CHL for Texas CHL. They don't say don't don't hit don't don't shoot the wound. Okay, if you're going to shoot somebody in a self defense situation, one in the head, three in the chest. Make sure they're dead because a dead man tells no tales. Yep. In Texas, when I and exactly. when I took my course, it was the course was he uh, the instructor was an, a retired Dallas firearms instructor. Okay, he taught Dallas PD. Okay, and that's exactly I remember them words like it was yesterday. 
They said if you're going to shoot somebody, don't shoot to wound. You shoot to kill. Okay? It may be, some people may say that's cruel. No, it's not. Like I said, dead men tells no, no tells. So, well, I, I mean, it must be a good saying, gun. Yeah. Have you have you ever seen Hillary and Bill Clinton's forearms? <laughs> dead people tell no tales. Yeah, that dude right on their arms. That's just yeah, that's that's their right. motto. I mean, that's the only way you can, that's the only way you can. It's like I said with my ten foot rule. Your hands are deadly <laughs> weapons. I don't know if you realize that. Your hands are classified oh, they are. as deadly weapons. They are. Okay, so I'm not going to let you get mm-hmm. within arm's length of me. That's ten foot. I know your arms ain't no ten foot long. Okay, so you know, I I, I was trained in tactical handguns. When I was a teenager, you know, gunslinger, you talk about the about your person's hands being being a lethal weapon. Yeah, I have a cousin who's who, who's prior service Marine Corps, Vietnam. Okay, and back when I was when I was a teenager, in my late teens, this guy taught me to read. Ways to hurt somebody. Two of those methods are lethal. You know how somebody can flash the peace sign? Well, with these two fingers for the peace sign, I can reach, I can push in through the top of the, the eyes and the eyelids, curl my fingers, and pop the eyes out. And the, their eyeballs will be dangling on their cheeks. Right. When, so I, uh, when I was in Taekwondo, uh, once you got to a certain level in the belt, you had to sign a a document saying that it would be in self-defense only because that was the whole deal of it. Now that you've reached this level in the martial arts, you are a deadly weapon. <clears throat> yeah. Because, you know, the things they're showing, they're, they're showing this, the three-punch elbow. Punch to the throat, punch to the chest, punch to the stomach, elbow to knock them backwards, and the sensei would say, now walk away, because they're not getting up. The well, punch is the was a little, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> I've got my throat now. My cousin told me, he said, using the fingers and the eyes, not a lethal move. What I'm about to show you is a lethal move. Now he had some stuff in there that you know he could show that move with in the garage. With the two fingers for the peace sign plus your thumb. He said, You take you take those three fingers, force them right through the chest cavity, wrap around the heart, yank it out and show it to them. They will see their own heart before they drop dead. With those same three fingers, shove right through the wind, through the throat, wrap around the windpipe, and rip it right out of their throat. Yeah. But I will tell you that the martial arts. I don't ever, ever want you to use those methods unless you have no other choice. When I used to talk to people, people would ask me about, you know, the martial arts. I says, "You you don't know what martial arts are? You're paying somebody to beat the shit out of you because that's what they do. I, I missed a class because I had to work. We stayed over at work. And we had to work a night, and I missed a class, and he taught a new type of kick. So when I showed up the following week, 
he takes me to the back and he you know there there's a bag back there and he says now do this kick so i went to do the kick and boom i bounced off the wall he says did you get that uh, yes and say uh, yeah i got it he says okay back in line <laughs> and that that's what it was i mean the you know a good friend of mine i went to school with he did make it all the way to a black belt but he like he told me last time i saw him at a friend's funeral he he says dave it wasn't worth it he says i i am so beat up right now where he didn't stay with it and he didn't stay conditioned he he says the the damage that he's had done to his body in all them years to get to the black belt he he says i got arthritis and he says i'm i'm beat up but uh, still, I wouldn't mess with him because I, I know that, you know, he could do some damage. He could still do some. If he's a black belt, he won't care about his arthritis. He will no. be delivering crap out of anybody that messes with him the wrong way. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. There was he's, a, right there. he's right there in Connecticut. He's a developer. I skill my hometown. Dave, I'll tell you right now. This guy, this, the, the, the karate school closed years ago. Before he, the school closed. I used to go into a school. But this, he and I had been friends for years. Well, I walked in, and probably just before uh, 9-11, around the time I was getting ready, to, just before I signed up with the New York Guard, I'd say maybe two weeks before. So I walked into his, into his dojo, and I, I walk in. He sees me. And he just raises his eyebrows because I said I would never set foot in his dojo because I can't afford the classes. And I'm probably, you know, too old to really start learning now. And he always told me, he says, you're never too old to learn. Never too old to learn the basics and never too old to learn even further. Right. You could be 75, 80 years old. You could still learn. It's up to you. I walked into his dojo. He, his eyes shot open wide. And he had a nice, a nice class right there. And he said, Class, have a seat for a moment. I want to introduce you to a friend of mine. He walks over to me. I said, no, 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 partner. No, no, no. This isn't, you're not doing this. We're not doing this. He goes, George, come on. I'm not going to hurt you. He says, I give you my word. You will not have any pain whatsoever. In fact, if you feel even the slightest twinge of pain, I will pay you $100. Well, you don't feel pain when you're knocked I, out. I, I would have, I would have feigned pain just to get the hundred bucks, but I wasn't going to do that to him. So I walk up with him. He goes, "This is my friend George." Now, at the time, I was, I think I was in my, I was in my mid thirties. Actually, yeah, I was about thirty six, thirty seven years of age, mid to late thirties. And I was in a lot better shape than I am now. And he goes, 
Now, he's 36 years old. And he says he's too old to learn this stuff. Now, the class he was teaching was an adult class. I didn't look at all the faces. Look at the first few people in front of me. And he said, Margaret, step forward. She hops up on her feet. Silver-haired woman of 79 (laughs) years. She walks up to me and the sensei. Bows to sensei. Then looks at me. Bows. I didn't know the bow, so I did it anyway. Out of respect. He said, Margaret, take George and flip him over. Margaret looks at the sensei and goes, are you sure? And he goes, yes, I'm sure. Hey, George, show him a shoulder, a shoulder cross. I went up and over, and when I landed, <laughs> I looked up at the 70-something-year-old woman. I'm going, uh, okay, uh, really? She, 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 she just... Thousands of sensei went back to her seat. Said, All right. My feet, and he goes, Now, this lady is in her 70s, and she learned quickly. Are you sure you're too old for learning this stuff, George? <laughs> said, uh, not anymore, but there's one other problem. He goes, What's that? What's your other excuse? You got the men and women in the class were cracking up this point. And I said, uh, I can't afford it. He goes, oh, well, that does make a difference. That does make a difference. You can't afford the classes, and you can't afford the gym, and you can't afford this, and you can't afford it. Wow, you are in bad shape, aren't you? I said, no, I just have other priorities that kind of took precedent. He goes, yeah, having a roof over your head. Food on the table. Yeah, I understand. Those do take priority. Now, I got a question for you. If I made you a deal where you could learn this class so cheap that you'd be tweeting all the way to the bank, what would you say? I looked down and I said, I'd say you're nuts and probably going to end up closing your school because you're charging your students cheaper than you, than you should. Eight of the 12 people in that group never paid a dime for their classes. Wow. These folks were people on, you know, on fixed incomes like I am now. And they took these classes mostly because they wanted to defend themselves. They had been victims of robberies. Right. Most times. And it took the police forever to get to them. And real real quick for a second. Real real quick real quick for a second. Do you want to see a fucking truck that just sold for thirteen point two million dollars? 
get a load of this. Prepare to be set down. And prepare to be set down. Oh my god. Holy cow. I'm afraid to look. If they say yeah, holy cow, it's gotta be yeah, I would Mary, Mother of Jesus. <laughs> That's shit. a Kenworth. No fucking shit. Can you look at? Would you look at that fucking truck? Kenworth. Sure oh, is. Fuck. It looks like something that could go on a monster truck drag strip. Wow. Twelve hey, superchargers. Hey. Three thousand nine hundred seventy-four <laughs> fucking horsepower on that baby. Wow. 24 cylinder Thor semi. Three thousand nine hundred seventy four horsepower, twenty four cylinders. I mean, I, I've seen some expensive, you know, polling trucks and racing trucks, but nothing like that. Yeah, I never. Tell me about. I mean, I, I've ah. seen monster trucks. I've seen some some supercharged vehicles, you know, for drag for drag racing and shit like that on the drag strips. But holy mother of God, that's incredible! It even says how the passengers are treated to a fifteen hundred watt audio system, seven <laughs> video screens, a polished aluminum dashboard. Wow. That's great. My God, man. Where is that? Is that out in Texas? No, that's in Saudi Arabia. Oh. They can afford to do that kind of shit down there. Well, yeah, that's what our oil buys. The thing is is a Peterbilt chassis. Measures a whopping 44 feet long, weighs 32,000 pounds. Jeez, I'm crow. But worldwide claims a top speed of 130 miles per hour when the nitrous boost system is activated. In addition to the engine's 12 superchargers, there are also four 12-foot drag parachutes to help slow down Thor after VMAX runs. Wow. I mean, I, I did see some, back in the 80s, um, I did see some nice pulling trucks mm-hmm. that they they pulled the drags. There was one guy showing off, and for his showing off, he got disqualified. And it cost him eight grand to fix the drag. It's those drags that, as you pull it, it's mechanized so the the weight comes up to the top, and they have a flag to tell you to stop because the weight has made it to the top. Well, he thought he'd show off and kept it on going, and he broke the the gear drive of the the drag. It cost him eight grand to, uh, and he was qualified and disbarred for the rest of the summer. But, I mean, the the friggin' thing, he was pushing 800 horse through an old friggin' GMC. And he just kept right on going. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I've seen some massive trucks. And we used to have uh, the semi races where they would just take street semis. 
with you know would take unhook the trailer and pull in and they drag around the the dirt track and yeah we used to have all kinds of fun but this is nuts oh that's that's being kind now I'm just <laughs> yeah. for people watching on the video platforms I'm going to show you what this truck looks like the thing is there's three friggin engines in line you know how hard that is to get three engines in line to fire and work together without blowing each other to hell up? Mm-hmm. And, That's and, unreal. And having 12 superchargers attached to those three engines? Jeez, I'm crow. Unreal. Hey, folks, you're, what you're seeing on the video platforms, this is that truck. 3,974 horsepower, 24-cylinder Thor semi that just sold for 13.2 million bucks. Look at this beast. I mean, um, the second picture alone, you're seeing an angled shot from the nose of the cat, from the nose of the rig. You look at the side pipes. The side pipes are shooting fire. They're shooting flames. And that's just, that, and that's only the first. Uh, let me see here. There's two, four, six. I count at least seven in the closest to the front tire that are blazing flame. Okay. Three engines, twelve superchargers, and a partridge in a pear tree. I mean, well, maybe not the partridge in a pear tree, but you get the idea. <laughs> okay, here, here's those pipes. There are, I, I miscounted, there are six pipes. Just the six, the first six pipes that are close to the, to the front of the cab, the front of the engine. So you've got 12 pipes coming off of, the, uh, of these engines. The first six shot flame. You look at this this monster. I mean, it is massive. And neon lights, the things a Christmas a uh, Christmas rig and uh, personified. Wow. So yeah, you look at something like that, and you're and you're and and, and listen, I can't afford a vehicle. Right Keep my driver's license up to date. I just can't afford a car right now, which is fine for now. But if I were wealthy and I saw something like that for $13.2 million, I'd say, uh, wait a minute, um, just, just a moment. Does this include a certificate of authenticity that there are, that are, there are in fact, three engines to go with those 12 superchargers. Never mind the 1,500-watt audio system, the seven uh, TV screens and all that good crap. And what kind of a drivetrain is that fucking thing sporting? Yeah, that's what I was looking for, to see what they, they have for a drivetrain under that puppy. I didn't see anything mentioning the drivetrain because I know damn well. I mean, 
just a, a, a regular semi. The drive, a single, it's, it's a single drivetrain, and it's and it's, and those things are massive. You yeah. took three motors. I can't imagine it being a single drivetrain. Well, the rotator my son uses to go pick up rigs like this, that was seven hundred and fifty grand. Ouch. Oh yeah, with you know the crane. Well, that's what they do. They go and they pick up semis. You should have seen him. Should have seen him when. <laughs> I should uh, try to find the article again. Here about a month ago, the problem in Maine is the GPS. A lot of some of our roads in, like right here in Waterboro, where I am, the road is paved on one end and it's paved all the way on the other end in the other town. But in between, it's just a dirt trail. Well, what they what they call them? They call them the uh, the Taliban truckers because they come from the Middle East and they get a grant from the government to start a business. Well, they all become truckers. So now they've got a friggin' old cheap Volvo with a 45-foot box trailer behind them, and they're trying to find Poland Springs bottling plant. For some reason, the GPS sent them down a friggin' four-wheeler trail. And the idiots drove about, made it about three miles down the friggin' four-wheeler trail. So then the only thing that my son's company, the guy he works for, the only thing they could get in there was a mid-sized um, international harvester with a, uh, with a um, 35-foot flatbed. And he had to go down in and hook on and drag him up. Well, then, of course, the, his truck sinks into the mud, so they got to get another wrecker out there so they could hook into tandem and pull each other plus the rig back up out of the four-wheeler trail. Then they start saying they can't speak English. And Luke's trying to tell them, 1200 1200 That's what the, the owner says. It's 1200 bucks. So you, what what 1200 mean? It means you pay the bill or we take your truck. They started speaking English real quick. And uh, <laughs> they got the bill. They got the bill paid. You know, 2200 bucks. I don't blame it. It took them four hours. And the cop knew better than to leave, so the cop stayed there with them. And the cop got some pictures and sent it in to uh, the local uh, news channel here. And, uh, yeah, he got a rude awakening of mud season in Maine. <laughs> and there, there's this friggin' truck down a four-wheeler trail mired in the mud. Drove right through a snowbank. Tuck right off down the trail. Came to one corner where there was like a, a culvert across, and he kind of got too close to the side and broke right through and went right down into the brook. And there was the nose of his truck down in the brook, and the trailer's up there on the four-wheeler trail. Took him four hours to get that friggin' rig back up out of the woods. Aye. Four hours, yep. Because they couldn't get the rotator, the big rotator down there, and you couldn't get another truck down there. How he even got that one down there, they don't know. But the owner says, I'm not taking my million-dollar friggin' rig down a four-wheeler trail. 
<laughs> he says, here, take the $350,000 one down the freaking trail. But that the one that my son drives, um, it is still nice. It's all blacked out. The whole cab, everything is all black. It's got a 12-inch tube, square tube, dual frame in the back. You can You can pick up a fully loaded oil delivery truck that delivers fuel oil and stuff. He can go right up and put the the bed right up, and he can drag a uh, a fully loaded oil delivery truck right onto the back of his truck and drive right off with it. Wow! Solid walking beams. <laughs> I've seen some loads he's he's picked up. I, I remember uh, years ago, it was in my early twenties. There was a place. There was a place down in uh, the plank meal in. Um, we're playing New York called Fantasy Acres. And they used to have mud bogs at Fantasy Acres. And, of course, you know, you're talking about big trucks going through a mud bog and everything else, right? Yeah. So they needed a tow truck that, that could handle the load. I, and this thing was huge. I don't remember what it was, what kind it was off the top of my head as far as, you know, the, the make of the truck. But, we had to, it took six guys to lug this freaking massive chain <laughs> to, the, to the rig that got stuck in the mud bog. <laughs> this, was, this was classic because all six of us, we come out hip, hip high in, of mud and we're we had to we had to literally tape our boots, tape around our boots to keep the mud from getting in our boots. So we get this, this thing on there, and the guy says, "This is a brand new rig, brand new paint job. Do not scratch the fucking paint, whatever you do." We didn't. Thankfully, I came close a couple of times, and I got yelled at for it. But when the when the when 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 the mud bog uh, show was over, this is back in my drinking days. Me, the rig operator, all those mud boggers, the guy that owns Fantasy, the guy that that, that that ran the mud bog, we're all sitting there having a good old time. But I took I got a an up close look at that rig on the, the in, on just the inside of the cab. B E A U D O. Fucking awesome. Yeah, people. People got a lot of money. When I took the mechanics course I took uh <clears throat> in high school, the uh the teacher we had, Wayne McFarland, his mud truck was called the White Bitch. It was a Chevy with uh sixty four inch tires. Back then it was legal. You could have these things on the road. And yeah, I loved it. You know, he'd he'd go out mudding on the weekend and stuff. And during the week, he'd bring it in. Oh, I broke this. You you didn't have to, you know. You could slide a chair right underneath the freaking thing, sit right down, and reach up and work on the transfer case or whatever. You know, you work right on the freaking thing. Didn't have to lay down. You know, you get right down on your knees or whatever, or just kind of sit there and reach up. And but yeah, I. Uh, 
Yeah, they were nice. But they, they had to pass laws up here. What they were doing is uh, the loggers, they got into a war with the loggers because they would uh, start following the skitters through the woods. Well, you know, sure, a skitter can go through quite a lot, but when you all of a sudden turn around and look and you got five friggin' mud trucks tearing up your twitch trail behind you, they started getting a little upset. You know, this is ridiculous. It's, you're making it hard on us. We, Our, our skitters are having a hard time hauling logs because you friggin' clowns are out there digging up our friggin' trails. You know, when you start digging four-foot friggin' mud holes. But, yeah, that's the kind of stuff we used to grow up in. I had an awful hell of a time doing it. But this here, huh, I'd be in heaven. <laughs> Mommy, can I have one? Please? I'll be nice. Honest, I will. Hey, um, I want to get back to, uh, I want to get back to this uh, thing with, with China. You know, yeah. you know how we talk about how CNN and MSNBC are the propagandists for the left? Well, apparently CNN is being accused of literally publishing Chinese propaganda. Really? Get a load of this. CNN is under fire for allegedly publishing Chinese propaganda in a report that cites a media outlet controlled by the Chinese government. On Monday, CNN.com ran an article about China People's Liberation Army, PLA, supposedly having a foothold in the spread of the coronavirus in a branch of its military, running the headline, China's PLA Navy is controlling coronavirus and aircraft carriers deployment proves it. A Chinese naval flotilla headed into the Pacific over the weekend, evidence that the People's Liberation Army Navy has done a much better job of controlling coronavirus than the U.S. Navy, according to a story posted on the PLA's English language website. The article began. The aircraft carrier, Leonin, led the group, which included two guided missile destroyers, two guided missile frigates, and an auxiliary ship, according to the report from state-run tabloid Global Times. Okay? The report goes on to compare China's Navy to the outbreak of the virus that took place on several U.S. Navy aircraft carriers, including the USS Theodore Roosevelt, knocking the U.S. military in the process. The PLA Navy has no such issues, Chinese military experts told the Global Times, CNN's article read. The piece sparked an outcry on social media. Senator Josh Hawley, Republican from Missouri, asked, is it at CNN actually publishing this hashtag China Communist Party propaganda as news? Washington Post columnist Isaac Stone Fish reacted, I'm horrified that CNN published this. It's literally a Chinese propaganda story. Daily Caller investigative editor Peter J. Hassan tweeted, wow, 
CNN article just straight up regurgitated Chinese propaganda. Federalist publisher Ben Dominic declared unvarnished Chinese propaganda published by CNN. CNN did not immediately respond to Fox News Channel's request for comment. (laughs) The The anti-Trump network has been under fire as critics have accused CNN and its journalists of shielding China amid growing suspicion of its handling of the outbreak as well as its data of reported cases and deaths from the virus. On Tuesday evening, CNN Chief White House Correspondent Jim Acosta was accused of being a Chinese propagandist for suggesting that China was being used by President Trump as a scapegoat over the virus outbreak. (laughs) Wow. Okay. First of all, Communist News Network, you're a bunch of fuckheads. I swear to God you are. Well, look at it, George. What was it last week? They they kicked one American news reporter out of the press briefings with Trump, while the Phoenix, which is a Chinese-run propaganda newspaper, was sitting there. There are a lot. So, you know, and as far as the 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 communist navy goes, we'd never know. I mean, it's nothing to them. When when you have a country, like I said earlier, when you have a country of 1.3 billion slaves, you can do what you want. So we lost a couple hundred sailors. They became fish bait, and we picked up another couple hundred in port. Big deal. And that that you know, but for CNN, if it's one thing that I am so glad that Trump has done is he's finally exposed so many of us, like like RZ and I and stuff, for years, for the eight years of Obama. We were called everything but human, George, because, you know, we didn't didn't let up on them at all. They're lying. This is propaganda. You're being led right down a, a path to destruction. And we were called everything under the sun but human. And boy, did they all shut up when it was proven that the whole left-wing media is just everything they do is fake. It's just, it's all fake. You can't trust anything that comes out of them. And for this here now, I don't know what Trump could, there's, there's nothing really Trump could legally do, you know, per the Constitution. If they want to be the communist news network there's nothing we can do other than just turn them off turn them off stop talking about them ignore them turn them off don't don't click on their websites don't click on their their news articles nothing 
that's what will make them go away. Because if they do not have the viewership, they don't get ad revenue. It's the same thing, like I tried telling people, when I got called a Russian bot, in that first, remember when Trump first got inaugurated, and within two weeks, Twitter was all proud of themselves, saying we cleared the Russian bots right off in Twitter. I was one of them that my account got banned because I, the people I talked with, <coughs> whoa, Phew, excuse me, <coughs> the people I talked with, the people whose tweets I retweeted and everything else, we were all called Russian bots and we were banned. But I put out a video and I told you, get rid of them. Stop using them. Stop using Facebook. Stop using Twitter because if they do something and you go on, say, Twitter, and you go on this tweet rant for three hours because you're all pissed off about how they're censoring people and, and the things they're saying, all you're doing is generating revenue for them because you're generating content. If you don't generate the content, they don't get ad revenue. As it is right now, what they're not telling you, CNN has lost 70% of its world networking because they can't afford them anymore. The only reason places like Vox is still going is because George Soros keeps pumping millions of dollars into them to keep them afloat. They've lost all their ad revenue. When you take something like um, even when Chris Matthews, before they got rid of him, because he started getting pissed off at shit, and he said too much truth, he was only getting 250,000 views per show. That's not enough to generate enough revenue for people to, you know, if you're going to run an ad or something during his program, the amount of money that you pay goes on the viewership that's why I like the Super Bowl it's going to cost you up to a million dollars to run a, a one-minute ad because there's 110 million people viewing the Super Bowl but when you only have 250,000 crap you can go in there and, and run an ad for a wheelbarrow for, for a few thousand dollars and that's not enough to run a network like that so they have closed down their world field offices and they have laid off hundreds and hundreds of their fake reporters and yeah they're they're hurting msnbc nbc that's why like you know comcast comcast and nbc a lawsuit just hit them from uh, trump's lawyers campaign lawyers went after them for a defamation suit it was filed uh, i think this morning because of the stuff they're running and the falsehoods and the lies and this is what needs to happen. Just like that Christian boy that they fabricated the whole thing with the Native American, who mm -hmm. as a half-breed myself, I would have loved to walk right up to that friggin' Native and slapped him right upside the head and called him a worthless, pathetic sellout. Go back to your reservation and go get drunk and shut your friggin' mouth. I don't want to hear you. You give us a bad name. But that kid, he, he's going to be set for life. 
and his kids are going to be set for life. Yeah, well, that, that young man that wore the MAGA hat, yeah. that walked right up, he, he wasn't confronting the Native Americans. No. He was listening to the music. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was enjoying himself. And now that same young man is receiving death threats across the board. Yeah, he is. But he also won a multi-million dollar, one of the multi-million dollar lawsuits. He's already won one, and there's two more still pending, which we'll probably never hear about, but it doesn't matter, you know. But for for what they were doing, and it, it's they do it all the time, you know. You know, I, I see a lot of people like that, Caitlin Bennett, yeah, she is somewhat uh, attached with uh, Alex Jones, but she does her own stuff. And she can't even go to a college campus anymore to interview people because they see it's her and they attack her, literally attack her. She has to pay for a big bodyguard to keep him off her because they, they don't want to hear it. They, the indoctrination, now this is something that goes right along with China and their indoctrination. That's what's going on in our schools and in our colleges. That is something Trump can do something about. He can stop that. He can go right to the board of edu- you know, the education department, the board of education in the federal government, and he can put a stop to all of this. Yeah, he can go to Betsy DeVos, and right. uh, who's, the, who's the education secretary, right. and say, look, Betsy, this has got to stop. All this indoctrination of the youth in, in our schools has got to come to a stop. It's got to be something that you can do to, to, to put an end to this. So work out a plan. Bring Have you ever heard these kids praise China? I'll, I'll sign off on it. Right. I mean, the, these kids praise China. They openly, I, I have seen interviews where these economics, so-called economics graduates, are uh, doing a, a debate and an interview with a conservative. Uh, that's Stefan. I can't think of his last name. He done one. And, and this little mama's basement troll sitting there about 400 pounds at his, at his desk, all multicolored hair, is talking about how great it is in China. How great the economy is and how great the the rights for the people are. And it's like, where in the hell is this kid getting this? There's no economic growth. The only economic growth is is what took Australia out. They they, they were building ghost cities that nobody lives in. And there's slave labor. You work here. You work there. You work over here. You do it, or there's your re-education camp. Which one do you want? Yeah, exactly. Like you, like you pointed out a little while ago, and 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 I agree. It's, that, that that's the choice. That's what they're left with. And this is what they're teaching our kids. Um, but here, here's 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 another, you know, here's another article. Um, that that also kind of hurts CNN too. When a former CNN pundit comes out and says that the network is officially 
a leftist state media after Trump Chiron coverage, that's the headline alone. Now get a look at this. CNN's coverage Monday of, of Monday's White House coronavirus press briefing put a harsh spotlight on the network's line blurring between journalism and agenda-driven opinion. Now, this, this article came out in, on foxnews.com. Media experts tell Fox News Channel and even has some wondering if the liberal network has abandoned objective coverage of the president altogether. CNN caught away from Trump's task force briefing on Monday when the White House aired a brief video designed to combat recent reports that the response to coronavirus didn't happen quickly enough. CNN host John King quickly called it propaganda, which became the phrase du jour for the network during a series of events that one former network employee said proved it has officially become leftist state media. Once CNN decided to return to the briefing, the network's on-screen chirons began editorializing with snarky comments that were praised by the left, by the far left, but frowned upon by journalism professors, conservative media, watchdogs, and ex-CNN employees. Various... uh, Various pundits went on to refer to the video as propaganda for the remainder of the evening and into Tuesday morning, while the network enlisted what it considers straight news reporters to chime in. Brian Stelter called it nothing short of disgraceful. Jim Acosta accused Trump of having a total meltdown, and Don Lemon said Trump's breathing was the height of narcissism. Wow. Now, the four chirons that, that CNN put up, at least three of the four I spotlighted the other day. Trump, melt, Trump melts down in angry response to reports he ignored virus warnings. That was, that was one banner The next one, Trump uses task force briefing to try and rewrite history on coronavirus response. Now, that one I didn't have. Actually, there are two of the four that I didn't have. But the one that caught my eye first was this one. Angry Trump turns briefing into propaganda session. (laughs) They don't refer to him as President Trump. They refer to him as angry Trump or just Trump. Okay? Now, a little more in this article. CNN's graphics department aired chirons that stated angry Trump turns briefing into propaganda session. Trump uses task force briefing to try and rewrite history on coronavirus. Trump melts down in angry response to reports he ignored virus warnings. Angry Trump uses propaganda video produced by government employees. This one I had, by the way. I shared it the other day. Produced by government employees 
at taxpayers' expense. Okay? I had the Trump melts down one. I had the angry Trump turns briefing into propaganda session one. And the last one, angry Trump uses propaganda video produced by government employees at taxpayers' expense, which is bullshit. The CNN Chirons during yesterday's presser were clearly designed to take a sledgehammer editorial approach to Trump's comments. I'm not sure if it's DePaul or DePue. I think it's DePaul University professor and media critic Jeffrey McCall told this to Fox News Channel. Viewers watching these live COVID-19 briefings have enough sense to figure out for themselves what is going on without producers trying to push opinion while the events are in progress. Such brief and politically charged chirons leave little room for context and perspective, which a story like the pandemic crisis should demand, he said. Jeffrey Lord was CNN's most prominent pro-Trump voice until the network severed ties with him in 2017, and he feels the network has taken a turn for the worse since his exit. Jeffrey Lord said CNN is now left to state media. Oops. Now, this is what he told Fox News Channel when asked about the Chirons. It gets angry when propaganda gets answered by this president. CNN said the China travel ban would backfire, and instead it saved lives. Uh, Jeffrey Lord continued. Substitute CNN for Trump in those snarky chirons, and their problem is self-evident. It's too bad because they do have a lot of good people there. I don't know about that. No, me neither. CNN conservative pundit Steve Kortz, another Trump defender who wasn't long for the liberal network, took to Twitter to criticize how Monday's coronavirus briefing was covered. Kortz tweeted, I'm almost impressed with how hard the CNN Chiron writers of my former network effort to get their revulsion for President Trump just right. I don't miss it. Former CNN anchor Soledad O'Brien called the Chirons a mess and inappropriate, noting that they're the opposite of good journalism. Cornell Law School professor and media critic William Jacobson said that CNN's on-screen graphics basically confirmed that the network has a liberal agenda. No shit, Sherlock. (laughs) Right. Tell me something I don't know. (laughs) CNN's argument, (laughs) I'm telling you, and and CNN doesn't want people to, to get these kind of stories. They'll try. They, they will attack Fox News over them. They'll attack anybody over them. Hell, if they ever find out about me, they'll probably attack me over them. Right. CNN. Well, George, I I watch the start of his shows, uh, his briefings on YouTube. They're right through the the White House. There's twenty five, thirty thousand people watching it live. Do you know what he done yesterday, on Monday when he started? Did you see what they flipped out about? He took all of their comments from January attacking him for calling him xenophobic and everything 
he stepped back and had two big flat screens playing all of their attacks from January and February. I saw that. Right. They all had a set, set right there in front of it and watch it. And that's what they threw a fit about. And the thing is, is that is context. That, that's the exact context. Because they're trying to make it out that, you know, and it, they're never, I remember for the eight years of Obama, never did I call him President Obama because he was not president. He was the Manchurian candidate that stole through voter fraud our elections. That's why I and always refer to Obama as the hostage taker of the presidency. For eight exactly. Years. And what were we called for eight years? We were anti-American, and we were bigots, and we were racist. And But now here, they refuse, like you just said right there, and they refuse to say President Trump. It's like their, their head's going to explode if they do. But I think Trump, you know, continue. That's what he has to. I, I would start off every briefing with their headlines and attacking them and then go on to prove how they're wrong. I, I would do it day in and day out. I wouldn't stop. If I was President Trump, I would not stop. I would I would let them go ballistic because the more they go ballistic, the more they show their true communist colors. And the more they and the the more people walk away. Mm-hmm. They've had enough. They well, see that it, it's President Trump helping us, Yeah, well, not them. According to what uh, Jacobson said, CNN's argumentative chirons demonstrate the news and opinion have completely merged at CNN, feeding into Trump's claims that CNN is fake news. What's worse, CNN is quite proud of its chirons, reflecting that CNN is obviously... To how, to how deeply its reputation has been damaged by the games it plays, the games it plays with its news operation. Okay, now Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity over at Fox News even poked fun at CNN's hysterics during their handoff on Monday night. Okay. Uh, and Laura Ingram did, too. <laughs> I, I think she did, too, yeah. Now, yeah. This. Imagine the rage of the 24-year-old in the Chiron booth, Carlson said, mocking a CNN employee by pretending to aggressively type while uttering, he's so bad, orange man, before Kennedy chimed in. Kennedy said, blind, psychotic rage. While many objected to the Chirons, some members of the left praised the anti-Trump graphics. Former Obama staffer Tommy Viter declared that CNN should just listen to its own Chirons and stop airing the briefings altogether. CNN is losing those who want it to be objective and those who say they aren't hashtag resistance enough. Another former CNN staffer, Steve Crowder, Cracker, Cracker, yeah, I'm proud of some of these names, but I'll tell you, <laughs> tweeted in response to calls for the network to stop airing briefings. 
Newsbusters, Nicholas Bondacaro, examined Monday's edition of Outfront, the CNN program that came on once the network decided to ditch the remainder of the briefing. He noted that CNN dove right in, dove right into some unhinged hotcakes, and the panel was clearly irate as they threw out a flurry of insults and unsupported accusations, all in an effort to blame the over 23,000 coronavirus deaths in the U.S. on the president. At well, one, of course. Now, of course, at one point, Acosta accused Trump of downplaying the severity of the virus, and the CNN pundits repeatedly echoed their network's Chiron claiming Trump was attempting to rewrite history. This, Bondacaro wrote, this is CNN unhinged. <laughs> While CNN continues to declare that the, Trump, that the Trump administration didn't take coronavirus seriously, the same has been said about the network's own executives. CNN packed over 250 people into a tiny theater for a presentation to its advertisers on March 5th as other networks had already canceled similar events because of coronavirus concerns. CNN's chief medical correspondent, Dr. Sanjay Gupta, even told attendees that it was completely safe to be in the crowded room and it wasn't necessary to stock up on masks or pull kids from school, according to Edwin. Meanwhile... While labeling White House briefings propaganda, CNN completely ignored Joe Biden's sexual misconduct accuser, and the network's fact checker is almost solely focused on Trump, despite previously claiming he would hold both sides accountable for inaccurate statements. There's no doubt about it. CNN is trying to fix the presidential election. They don't even pretend to be a journalistic enterprise anymore. No. Research Vice President Dan Gator told Fox News Channel. Well, that kind of proves beyond a reasonable doubt, and, and, and it backs up a lot of the things I've said about CNN. Back in June of 1980, when CNN first started, they did pretty good. Of course, they were the only 24-hour news channel on the time. Then years later, MSNBC came along. And of course, now they've got to compete with MSNBC a little bit. They weren't doing too bad. Not too good either, but not too bad. Then Fox News Channel showed up on the scene. So now you've got three cable news channels fighting for ratings. Right. Okay. Fox News Channel... I've been watching that channel since the day it came on the air, okay? And, yes, there have been some times when I've been very deeply disappointed with the way they've handled certain stories or not gone into detail with with others. But CNN and MSNBC absolutely positively need need to grow up from the neck up. They need to stop this propaganda bullshit 
and get back to reporting straight news. I've said this about all three of these networks. Well, they they've got to put they reporters contributors and just go to straight news. All right, they got to put reporters back out there in the street. You 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 don't know what's going out there going on with people in real in the real world when you're sitting behind a computer screen at a desk and some editor is telling you what to say. Mhm. And that, that's all it is now. And and that's why well, when even, you look at ABC, CBS, on the teleprompter. Right. And when you see what what I laugh at is the people, a lot of people will take collages uh, and they'll put it all together. It's the key sentences and the key words, and they all say the same damn thing. You'll see it from the sun up to sundown, and it's all the same talking points. Now, there is, it's run through, it's funded by. It was funded by GE before they sold NBC. They just sold NBC a year ago. But NBC, with your New York Times and all their affiliates and all these, they have a system. 4.30 in the morning, the day's talking points are emailed to all the news networks. Everybody. Everybody gets them. This is what the talking points are today. And sadly, yes, Fox News gets them too. Today, we're going to be mad at this. And today, we're going to attack President Trump on his claim that the mercy and the comfort are going to show up at uh, these ports and at, at this. And all of these talking points are emailed to them. So by the time they all start their news cycles, at six o'clock, they all have the same propaganda. They all are talking. The news today, the news today, if you listen to all of them, that's how they start off in the morning. The news today is this, and they all say the same thing. Trump farted, then he burped, then he farted again, and he farted again, and he farted again, and he farted. Trump, did you hear? President Trump farted. President Trump farted, and this will go on all day. <laughs> and then tomorrow, it's a whole new set of talking points. So what all they're doing is they, they have no reporters. And see, that's what my show, with, before my lungs shut me down, I was being listened to by 3,000 people in 13 countries around the world. And what I did is I talked to people from England, Germany, Switzerland, Australia. If I could understand their their broken English, I would talk to them. And I got these people to talk to me. And what I would do is I would look at what the news is saying. And then I would talk to the people and get reality. This is what this is what the law that they just passed is. This is what they say it's going to do. But this is what it caused in reality to the people. And that's what I brought forth to people. And one of the first countries to ban my show was China. 5% of my listeners was coming from China. That's what the stats were saying. All of a sudden, boom. My show was banned and not allowed to be aired in China. I mean, my 
my nephew, when he was at the DMZ, my nephew would sit down with a whole bunch of his people in his squad and stuff, and they would sit down there on a on a Saturday night when I was doing my show, and that's what they all listened to. He said, he said, Uncle Dave, he said, there's there's 15 or, or 20 of us at times. We we all just sit there in the break room and we listen to you your your broadcast. But then it just got too much truth. It was cutting in on their propaganda, so I started getting banned in all these different countries. It wasn't allowed there anymore. But that and this is if CNN if they want to be a news source, that's what they need to do. They don't need to go out and pay these people to say that, oh, look at all this rioting. And you've got 15 people in multi-shots. And they've also proven, I have seen documentation and people that break down uh, videos. With the software we have, I can do the same thing with my program right here that I make videos with. I can take a shot of 10 people, overlay that same shot 15, 20 times, I could make 10 people look like a 1,000. Because if you look at a certain person, hairstyle, what they're wearing for a shirt, you can find that person 15, 20 times in the same shot. Then you go to another person, and you can see that same person in a different part of that shot. So they're just they're fabricating the size of the, the crowds. They're, they're fabricating the story. They're fabricating... Look at when they just got caught saying that, you know, Trump is over here and he's Trump is over here and he's killing all of these innocent people in Syria. And, and they're showing all these bombs going off. And it was a friggin' gun range down in Kentucky. Oh, they, use, they use the footage from at the end of a, a, of a gun show shoot. They. They have all these people shoot into an area where they have the explosive containers, and there's big explosions. They used that footage, altered the footage a little bit, and was saying that was Syria, that Donald Trump is blowing up innocent cities in Syria, and it's and it wasn't even in Syria. And this is the kind of stuff that needs, to, and this is. As this summer goes on before the election in November, George, you wait. We're all going to lose our YouTubes. We're all going to be censored. Everybody's going to be censored on Facebook, worse than they are now. All the accounts will be gone. All the Twitter accounts will be gone. All the YouTube channels. Like mine now, people cannot even find my content on YouTube unless I go personally to my account take a video, and send it to them. They don't get notifications when I upload new videos. If somebody is trying to find me, they can't find me unless I give them a link to my channel because they, they could go exactly how I spell a video. It doesn't come up. Exactly how I spell my username, it don't come up. And it, 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 it's getting worse and worse. So who knows, George? Maybe they'll start canning you before too long too much truth <laughs> well here's the thing 
Now, I'm on my Twitter account right now. I just put in no way. I'm not on Twitter. It was no way 90 was the name. And it that account does not exist. I had I had like five, six thousand followers. I blocked a lot of people. But the, the five thousand I had were real people and I talked to thousands of them. Well, I just <clears throat> the wife, she just uh a guy that I used to talk with called in in Hugger Mugger from Hugger Mugger. Yeah, from like five five years ago. We happened to see her on there and post and where's no way. He got banned three years ago. So she sent him a video of my YouTube and I was wondering why my YouTube took off. All kinds of views. He's been now that he found my YouTube, he's going there and taking all my content and dumping it on Twitter and Facebook. Wow. But YouTube doesn't give me... I can set right there, George. I can upload a new video. I can set right there, and all of a sudden, an hour later, and I got 60 views. An hour and 10 minutes later, I got 20 views. Then I'm back to 40 views. Then I'm at 30 views. Then I'm at 80 views. Then I'm at 20 views. They they just nail it. They shut it right down. And that's to keep the keep my videos and my channel buried to where people can't see it. Even if you sit there and watch the whole 50, if say I had 100 people watch the whole 15-minute video, they will only say the average watch time is six minutes. That's how they censor you. That's how they bury your content. <clears throat> They've done that for a couple of years now. But like I tell everybody, it doesn't matter. If you've watched my video, it doesn't matter if YouTube gives me credit or not. You watched it. YouTube cannot magically make you forget what you just saw. It, it, it just doesn't happen that way. And that's why I just, I don't, I'll never stop. Until God says, oh, okay, time to come home. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, I, I went to my, uh, I went to, uh, I went to my YouTube uh, account, and I don't believe this. I clicked on my icon. So I can go to my channel. It's buffering. The yeah. list is buffering. Yep. Netflix and YouTube got nailed because they were throttling up their usage and 
the um, FCC says during this crisis time, they have to give, it's the law now, you know, they don't have their net neutrality crap anymore. Uh, they have to give equal opportunity for people to go to other sites. Because what's happening is Netflix and YouTube, they will just rob all the bandwidth. So that someone like you doing this right here now, you'll you'll struggle and struggle because the bandwidth ain't there to keep transmitting around to the different places because Netflix and YouTube were eating up all the bandwidth. Well, now they're being told that well, you'll be fined and you'll be you know the FCC will come down on you because you're not giving equal opportunity for other sites. And now, yeah, YouTube buffers pretty bad. No. Unless you've got updates waiting to come in. Mine got hit with updates today. I've got no updates uh, scheduled. But, yeah, it's it's getting bad. Now, get this. According to, <clears throat> according to uh, YouTube, March 23rd was the, the last stream, live-streamed uh, event I did on YouTube. Okay? Yeah. And it's showing only it was only it's it's showing that it was only seen seventeen times. Right. And the last time I checked it, it was a lot higher than that. Right. And that's what they do. They take your views away so that way there you don't show up in recommendations. That's why they do it. So if you if you search a certain topic, something that hit the news today, all the recommendation is going to be CNN, NBC, CBS, Fox News, uh, Washington Times. It's going to be all the far left radical Nazi media. Those are all the recommendations for the first three, four, or five pages. That's all you're going to get is just all what they want you to watch. Because, well, think about it. There's there's no big campaigning going on. They're not making millions and millions of dollars every week in advertising and political ads and all that. None of that's happening. They lost billions of dollars because they had to shut down their own debates. If you're going to shut down Trump's rallies, you've got to shut down your own debates. And now they're not getting any views. So what they're doing is they're monetized through YouTube. So they're getting extra money through YouTube as well. Because they, they're losing everything. There's, there's very few political ads running here in Maine. Very few. Because there's a, there's a few shows that I, I record you know, deadliest catch, stuff like that. And uh, I use the DVR so I can fast forward through all the ads <laughs> and I don't have to watch them. But uh, there's very few. I see when it's fast forwarding through, I see very few political ads. They, they're losing billions and billions of dollars. Because that, that was all the game right there, out-propaganda. 
if Hillary Clinton would have won, the only news that would have been left would have been CNN and MSNBC on the cable. You, we would have lost Newsmax, Fox News, One American News. Guaranteed, Hillary Clinton would have shut them down. And that's how communism works. When you look at, like in Canada, they have one main news source. The Canadian Broadcasting Channel. That's it. Go to China. State-run Chinese CCP TV. That's it. Venezuela. One Venezuelan TV. That's it. In so many countries, they have one broadcasting network. They don't have the freedom that we have here in America. And with all this, with the COVID going on, like I I sent you that video in uh, Skype. That was from a a friend of mine sent it to me. And uh, what what it... I sat and watched that video, by the way. Right, and what it shows, it shows what I talked about last night with the executive orders. She was right there. I think some of the stuff she's saying, she's a little, she's a little off when she's saying it because it's Donald Trump that runs FEMA. FEMA does not have power over Donald Trump. Donald Trump is the president. That is President Donald Trump. He is the commander in chief. He has the final say over what FEMA does. But those executive orders, all those executive orders, those are the ones that Barack Obama put in place. And you see, that's why I was saying last night, the national emergency. That's how that works. And that's why CNN and them there. And yeah, they're they're carrying all of China's water. Michael Bloomberg is probably losing billions right now. Because the uh, the Epoch Times put out a, a study today, this afternoon, I was I watched their video and then I went and found their article. The export companies in China are on the verge of bankruptcy because it's not just America that shut off a lot of their trade, but the countries, a lot of countries around the world, are so pissed off at what China has done and caused that they stop buying Chinese goods as well. They're saying no more. That's it. Had enough. And that's why you keep hearing Trump in his briefings talking about he's getting all these calls from these other countries. We're mass producing these ventilators. We'll sell them. We'll sell them to England. We'll sell them to Italy, Spain, Portugal, Germany. So whatever America can now produce and sell to these people, China loses. 3M, 3M, what Trump didn't come right out and say, but the problem with 3M and the N95 mask, 65% of their manufacturing plants are in China. They're not in America. This is helping. This will help force either somebody else take over and start building them here, or 3M will have to move back to America to get back their market share because people just aren't buying them. 
from China. No. I mean, Cal- California said they were going to buy $100 million worth of N95 masks, and it's like, yeah, sure, go ahead. Spend a million dollars and, uh, well, get the virus for free. There are, there are, um, excuse me, there are, there are, there are, there were times before the coronavirus started here in this country, long before it started. I had been saying for a long time on this broadcast, excuse me, companies need to come back to this country. They need to leave where they are come back here to manufacture in this country again. The reasons they left, the high tax rate, the high taxation rates, the manufacturing costs, all that is now lower in this country. They have an opportunity to return here. Since Trump came in, he's made a lot of headway in making that a a very real possibility for them. You can't forget the regulations, the cost of compliance well, to, these, to these regulations. The equation, too. You know? I mean, I, I sat here and I saw how he <clears throat> took a lot of the regulations that pushed companies out of here. A lot of them came under the eight years Obama held the presidency hostage, which made it even harder for them to want to come back. There are right. some companies that want to come back to this country. Some of them are still a little skittish about it because they they don't think that they have uh, that there's a, there's a real possibility in doing that. And uh, well, it, has made it think, clear you can come back. We but want I think what it what it is, George. I I've said this for since. Uh, Donald Trump became president. America has either a four or an eight-year stay of execution. These companies aren't going to come back unless you can guarantee that once Trump is out of office, all this stuff ain't going to start all up again. And that's what they're looking at. I'll guarantee that. They're, they're They're more afraid of the post-Trump era than they are of the Trump era. Right, right. And and I don't blame them for being scared. Because God help us, if a Democrat takes the White House after Trump leaves, We're everything done. done will be wiped out. Yep. And then yep. this country goes, goes right down in the cracker. No, I think then it'll go into... <clears throat> Uh, revolution I truly do people are at wit's end I'm I'm seeing people in Maine that are ready to hang our governor by the highest tree they've had it they they it's is what they call buyer's remorse that's what they have right now in Maine. You got a massive buyer's remorse. Empty stores, locked at home, your business is forced to close. Their their communist socialist views just 
Yeah, they just saw it play out for a few weeks, and they didn't like what they saw. So that we can hope that it wakes people up. As you're as you're probably well aware by now, President Trump has halted funding to the World Health Organization. Yep. Good. About time. And I mean, I I knew that was bad when they when they brought on board that uh, Somali terrorist right out of Somalia. It's like that should have that should have thrown the red flags up to people right there. This guy was a terrorist in Somalia, and the World Health Organization put him in charge. What's that tell you? <laughs> I mean, come on. Well, apparently lawmakers are starting to uh, are considering a pushback to all this. Yeah. They want to. They're 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 going to. They, the lawmakers push back against Trump by introducing resolution, saying president's authority is not total. Okay. And here we go again. They're going to try and tie the president's hands. Right. So, get a load of this. Now, a group of House members authored a new one-sentence resolution to remind President Trump of the limits on his power and challenged anyone in the House to vote against it. Representatives Tom Malinowski, Democrat from from Jersey, Dean Phillips, Democrat from Minnesota, and Justin Amash, Independent from Michigan, excuse me, sponsored the resolution that affirms when someone is the president of the United States, their authority is not total. Milanowski tweeted that since House business can only pass unanimously until all members return to Washington, I'm curious if anyone will object. Uh, yeah. Amash, a former Republican, who is closely looking at a third-party run for office, said even the national emergency of the coronavirus pandemic doesn't give Trump magical powers. The House effort comes after Trump declared Monday in a White House briefing that he alone has the power to reopen schools, businesses, and the economy because the president has full power. When somebody's president of the United States, that of, the authority is total. And that's the way it's got to be. It's total. It's total. And the governors know that, Trump said. Trump's declaration was met by wide rebuke, especially since it, had, it was governors who issued stay-at-home orders and states enjoyed powers through the Tenth Amendment of the Constitution. Not to mention that the federal government's authority is divided among the executive, legislative, and judicial branches. Even Representative Liz Cheney, Republican from Wyoming, tweeted out disapproval for Trump's assertion of total power. Governors, meanwhile, are working together to develop their own regional plans to reopen their states 
from weeks-long closures of restaurants, schools, and businesses, arguing they have the authority to make the call. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo told CNN Tuesday that if Trump ordered states to reopen before he is ready to do so, he would defy the order and fight the administration in court. Cuomo said, we don't have a king in this country. We didn't want a king, so we have a constitution, and we elect a president. Now, I said this on the show recently, and I, and I got pushback for it. The one thing I disagree with President Trump on is the fact that, you know, he can't solely open, reopen this country by himself. No. They okay. have to go through the states. I mean, that's where states' rights comes, in, comes into play. And for those of you who, are, who, who do not read the Constitution that often, let me bring up the Tenth Amendment of the Constitution, which is part of the Bill of Rights. Okay? Now, let me see if I can get it here where, where I can read it. The powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states, respectively, or to the, or to the people. All right? That's, what, that's the Tenth Amendment in a nutshell. All right? Now, in the drafting and adoption, the Tenth Amendment is similar to an earlier provision of the Articles of Confederation, which, which states, each state retains its sovereignty, freedom, and independence, and every power, justification, and right, which is not by this confederation expressly delegated the United States in Congress assembled. So you look at that and, and, and you, you just have to, you know, you have to keep wondering, you know, what exactly is President Trump trying to say? That but he alone what, what, is, what is in there, George? What is in there with that? There, he does have certain set powers within the whole country. What he can do is, through the national emergency, he's shut things down, and he's given recommendations, and states have taken those recommendations. Now, like A.G. Barr came out, what was it, this morning or this afternoon, and put a declaration out there, even though the states are sovereign, they cannot infringe on the Bill of Rights. They cannot stifle religious press and they they actually cannot do what they are doing in many states against the people's civil liberties president trump can't do it the department of justice can he can put out recommendations saying it's okay to open it back up but now as far as the money in this emergency going to the world health organization he can do it. He can hey. shut off that spending to a foreign entity. What he can't do is shut off funding to national spending. Any foreign entity, 
he can do it, especially in this time of an emergency. So that's why they start off talking about his funding to the World Health Organization and then turn and go right into their state rights. But on the state level, they're breaking our, they are circumventing the Constitution of the United States, which per- 